from the YBA Phoenix Fitness 24-7 Basketball Facility in Rockland, California. It's About That Life Podcast with your host, Coach C. Collins and Coach MJ. Hey, it's Coach C. Collins, host of About That Life Podcast. Coach MJ is not here, unfortunately, but that's because that man is working as always, and that's all good. Shout out to my brother. He's always doing his thing. Um, if you are listening and you've been supporting, I very much appreciate you. You've been keeping up with the HBO special, helping a brother out, and it's always appreciated. Um, uh, if you watch the intro, if you're seeing, if you're hearing this on Spotify uh, or wherever you listen to your podcast, um, uh, iTunes, whatever, um, you already see the cover sheet. You already see who I have as a guest, and we're, we're going to get to that in a real quick second. Shout out to my first sponsor, Dr. Dish, best shooting machine on the market. Uh, they're the best shooting machine because they're the one that sponsors me. So I appreciate you guys. Uh, let them know if you want a discount. Tell them about that live podcast sent you. They'll hook you up with a good discount. They got all kind of models, the home model, the rebel, the all-star, whatever works for you and is great for you. Go ahead and, and uh, get that and let them know about that life sent you. And last but not least, uh, shout out to Hardwood Palace. Uh, if you're looking for AAU tournaments, uh, very consistent format, different levels, different skill levels, Hardwood Palace in Rockland, California is a good place to go. Uh, hit up Steve R. Grant and let him know uh, Coach C. Collins sent you or about that life sent you. They'll hook you up for your first tournament with a discount. And, and, and as always, you know, hopefully this show is – Helping you coaches out, helping you parents out, helping you helping you athletes out to learn the game, live the game, love the game, right? But without further ado, let me get to my guest. Me and this brother have known each other quite a off and on for years now because um, I first heard about him when he was coaching and training one of my kids that's now uh, about to be uh, playing next year, Matthew Schroeder. And uh, at that time, he had, uh, I believe he had a facility in Atomas, right? And so um, he ended up working with my nephew and just a, a lot of good things like that. He, he's younger than me, so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the old guy. He's the young guy. But, um, he's uh, no, he's done great work for himself. Uh, I really am glad he's here. We've been trying to make this podcast happen for probably like a year now, <laughs> a yeah. year and a half. And he's... Um, no, he's taking the time to come here. Uh, it's morning time, which is usually different because we're usually shooting in the evening, so it works out for both of us. But um, without further ado, I want to introduce Coach Ryan Sipkins. Thank you, Chris, man. I really appreciate you having me here, man. I'm, <laughs> I'm excited because I know, like you said, we've been trying to do this for quite a minute. Yep. And, you know, the schedules haven't really aligned, but I'm really glad we were able to make it work. And I was able to come in and see your – you know, your space, <laughs> my, space my little setup right here, man. Setup, I love it. No, I appreciate it, bro. Uh, um, well, you know, first question off the bat. Well, uh, I always try to get, I always do this for my guests. Um, you know, you could talk to my audience and, and, and as always, his information will be in the description, his Instagram, um, his, his business page, all that type of stuff. So, I suggest after you listen or if you're watching uh, from the YouTube side, uh, please go follow this man, see his journey. But, um, you know, break down, you know, your basketball background. Uh, obviously, you don't have to get into every super detail because they can look that up themselves. But, you know, your your AAU experience, um, you know, your college experience, all that good stuff. Um, please let the audience know who you are. Man, so first and foremost, 
I'm going to say that I love basketball since I can remember. Yeah. Like, I love the game. This is what I dedicate my life to. I'm from Sacramento, played at Franklin High School um, in Elk Grove, where, you know, despite all the odds, we were able to have a really successful year, especially my senior year, playing, uh, making it all the way to state playoffs. Unfortunately, we lost to McClyman's in your neck of the woods. <laughs> but it was, a, it was a real close game. Yeah. Not making excuses, but... I was a little injured that game. <laughs> Mac was really good that were, year, nah, too. They were, but like, both, both they were like undefeated yeah, the whole season. They were really they were good really that good. year. Yep. Had an NBA player, Will Cherry, on yeah, the team. But yeah, well, that was the team. Will Cherry. And the um, yeah. the real tall athletic kid with the dreads. Yeah, yeah, his um, I don't know. Was, I can't uh, think of his name right uh, now. Man, but he was dunking on Yeah, us. he dunked everything. Like, I remember, yeah. you know, why I was long out of high school. Then, but I was, remember watching – that team play so yeah you guys yeah that was that was really two really good teams not nah, that yeah they were they were real good and you know from there I was ended up being first team all Sacramento had a pretty solid high school career but again like you said in high school you know I kind of had to do everything for our yeah. team mm-hmm. I played you know the wing but I also have the all-time assist record at my high school nice so distributor um but once I got to college, you know, I actually earned a full ride scholarship to UC Davis. Um, but before that, shout out UC Davis. Shout out UC Davis. Before <laughs> that, I played my AAU ball in high school um, for the Bay Area Hoosiers. Okay. And Phil Doherty, who now is the guy that runs Prolific Prep. Oh. That's my connection okay. with Prolific Prep. Right, Phil Doherty right, yeah. was uh, running that program. Okay. And I love Phil, man. Great dude. Makes Does sense. Does a lot for the kids. Yeah. Even to this day, man, he's right. like he's just a really good dude. Yeah, and uh, so I played for the Hoosiers, and you know it's funny, and this is a topic that we might touch on later. Yeah, but you know I'm from Sacramento. Yeah, I went to go play for the Bay Area Hoosiers, fully sponsored team. Yeah, we they had like 14 or 15 Division One players in my class on yeah. that in that program. Um, they put me on the B team. <laughs> I was pissed. Yeah, I was pissed. They had to work your way up. But in hindsight, it's the best thing. Because for me, you know, there was all these other guys that had offers from Arizona. You know, uh, we they had a guy named Jared Cunningham. I think he went to Arizona State or something. Mm-hmm. They had a couple other guys. Jared ended up playing in the league. Okay. They had a couple guys like that. Yeah. On the B team, it was a way better fit for me. Right. Because I was able, you know, to show what I could do mm-hmm. and be kind of the focal point, the leading scorer on the B team. And this is when, you know, senior year, it's time yeah. to get that scholarship. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, I was really, you know, in hindsight, it definitely was better. Ended up earning a full-ride scholarship to UC Davis where I played, you know. And, again, as a freshman, I actually started at point guard. Then nice. I started uh, shooting the ball really well. Yeah. Moved me off the ball. Started, you know, playing kind of off the ball more and ended up becoming known as a really good three-point shooter. Kind of like you said, yourself, yeah. 3 and D. 3 and D, yep. 3 and D. Um, I wish I would have kept playing more of the, the lead guard, but, you know. Right, right, of course. The coach gave me the green light, so I wasn't complaining at the time. <laughs> you know, but um, ended up breaking all of our school's three-point records. Ended up breaking our conference all-time three-point three record for the Big West Conference. Very cool. And, you know, graduated with a great degree from one of the top institutions. Yeah. UC Davis. And, you know, still have a great network at that school. Mm-hmm. 
still connected with the coaching. Yeah, I saw I saw on your social media um, you took uh, your teams there recently yeah, uh, for took, the games and stuff. Yeah, yeah, we just went. It, it, it's funny because you know Coach Christian Bain, mm-hmm. who we'll talk about him later, but he also is a coach in our program, a head coach and a trainer, mm-hmm. and he played at UC San Diego. Yeah, I used to train him actually right. when he was playing. And so we took our entire program to watch Davis play against UC San Diego. That's cool. And those two teams at the time were tied for first. Oh, nice. In the conference. But UC San Diego blew them out. I don't know what happened. (laughs) (laughs) But it's good the kids got to see it. Nah, definitely. It was a great experience for them. They had fun. You know, it's team bonding. Right, of course. And they got to do that. So from there, I went on to play um, overseas. I Mm -hmm. played in Japan. Okay. Lived in right in the middle of Tokyo, which was a crazy experience. Right. Uh, probably could have been a little more focused. <laughs> but you young I, and you hooping, man. Hey, yeah, I, def- help it. I definitely enjoyed my time there. <laughs> I also played in uh in, in Colombia in cool. South America. Yep. Um, and then you know it's funny because my boy, one of my good friends, his name is Kyle Odister. He played. I grew up playing with him my whole life. Also a great shooter. Mm-hmm. Really high level shooter. He played at Cal Poly, uh, uh, San Luis Obispo. Nice. So I used to play. I played against him in high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rio Americano played against him in college. Yeah. Played with him in middle school AAU. And, you know, he actually, his mom has English citizenship. citizenship. Yeah. So after he graduated, he went over to the UK and was playing out there. Yeah. And was also going to school, getting his master's. And... That year, he was telling his coach, like, yo, we need to bring my boy Ryan over here, man. <laughs> so then he actually hooked up the next job for me to go over there to England. Oh, wow. And I was going to go play with him. All right. But And they had just won the championship there as well. Yeah. But I ended up turning it down because I had the opportunity to coach at Prolific Prep and be the skill development trainer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's funny, my wife at the time, she wasn't my wife yet. Right. But... She was telling me, like, man, in the summertime right now, you kind of one foot in the training and coaching, mm-hmm. one foot in the hooping, and I see you working hard, but you're not going to really win at either one unless you, you gotta go pick one, yeah, 10 right? toes yeah. down right now. Yeah. But it was a hard balance because I was like, okay, well, I want to hoop, but you already know how the overseas yeah, grind is. It is a grind. And unless you get to that top level, a lot of times it's, there's no guarantee contracts. Yeah. It's year to year. You get hurt, you on the next plane home. Yeah. Plus it's you know, and plus, you know, as hoopers, it's sometimes hard to put the ball down. You know what I is, mean? Like it it is it is hard to make that transition. It was really hard for me. And honestly, I was actually really upset with my with my wife at the or not my wife, but my Yeah, wife I know. Yeah. <laughs> I was really upset with her at the time because I was like, How are you gonna tell me to quit what doing what I love? Right. But, she, but she ended up being like, Look, I'm not telling you to quit doing what you love. But I'm telling you that I believe in you and whatever you choose to do, I know you're going to win. Right. But I just think that you can't be divided in, in your focus right now. Yeah. And she helped me come to that decision of, okay, this is something that I could do forever. Mm-hmm. It's not something that, you know, if I get injured, I'm done. Yeah, true. I could build something now. Imagine if I kept playing until I'm 35, 36. Right. And then I come back home, and now I'm starting from square no, one, yeah. you don't as opposed to being 27, yeah. 28. Yeah. And then by the time I'm 35, I'm gonna be extremely established. I'm gonna have, you know, be able to build some wealth for my family, be able to build a foundation and everything like that, mm-hmm. and set myself up 
for the long term. Yep. And that's kind of like the decision that I came to, which was really, uh, believe me, even now, I'm like, man, I wish I could just go hoop for one more day. <laughs> and Chris, you know I still yeah. got a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You, came you to the true, very true. So very I, true. I, I stay in shape now, you know, and I got some of these pros and stuff that, yeah. that I train. And, you know, I, I'm a very competitive. Yeah. No very doubt. competitive sometimes to a fault. <laughs> so, we all, it's, 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 bro, it's in all of us. We can't help it. So for me, you know, when I, when I, maybe we go ones or we have right, runs right. or something. Yeah, yeah. If one of these dudes like kind of bust my ass one day, <laughs> you best believe I'm going to start working out crazy. <laughs> I'm going to start working out crazy. I'm like, all right, in two weeks. For real. I'm coming for you, you right? can't help it, man. But yeah, I, I try to stay in pretty good shape and, you know, I work out every day. I still have fun with it. Yeah. And, man, I'm probably, like, three months away from actually being able to actually hoop probably. Yeah. But, but this this I'm lifestyle, <laughs> you know, what we do, it, it keeps us active. So that's good. You know no what doubt. I mean? Because, like I said, I, I count my blessings that I can still walk and run and move at all. Because, like I said, when I tore my Achilles, I thought, oh, shit, bro, I thought I could never even run again, let alone still get out there and play ball. So no doubt. trust me, bro, this this – this job, this career path we've chosen does keep us active. So I, 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 I'm grateful for that. It's funny, <laughs> it's funny you say that because, you know, when I – being active is great yeah. and, and, and being able to do it and still be able to make money and be able to be in shape, be able to take care of yourself. Because when I first stopped playing for about a year and a half – yeah. I was like, man, it's the first time in my life I don't got to work out every day. <laughs> right. I'm chilling. <laughs> I was like – I was chilling like – and then I started seeing like, dang. Right, yeah. I was to put on a couple pounds real quick. And then now it's like to the point where like like being an active, in shape, healthy person yep. is like top priority. You to learn where to it's appreciate like, it. Man, when you work out every day, you feel better every day. Your mm -hmm. energy levels are higher. You feel better about yourself. You you know, you it, it brings discipline. Just when you when you're disciplined in general, it just it just just your mindset, your energy, your vibration is just higher in, it translates. in every single part of your life. Absolutely. Even as a as a husband, yeah. With your family, like you just you just live at a higher level. Mm -hmm. So I think translates. I think that that you know just that basis. Like every single morning, I wake up and I work out. First thing I do, yeah. and whether I might some days I keep it light. I run yeah. three miles. I'm done. That's it. Some days I, I go harder. Yes. Yeah. You know, but it, it's just about the consistency of mm -hmm. it. And that's the hardest part. So it's no the hardest. That, that's the key word, consistency. So then from you made the decision to go into the, the training slash coaching aspect of prolific. And then from there is that kind of where you started establishing yourself, your brand, you know, your business and things like that. So I actually, man, when I first started, I was, it was summertime and I just made a Facebook post and I was like, Hey, okay. um, I'm starting to do training. If anyone's interested in training with me, all the kids are going to be like Facebook, you old, <laughs> yeah, hey, for real. <laughs> it was literally on the Facebook wall. Like before, right. nah, cause like, I remember I had, I remember when IG first came out, it was yeah. only on iPhones. Yeah. I, I didn't have an iPhone. Yeah. I, I didn't have, I, I didn't have that. <laughs> so people were making fun of me. Like, you can't even get on here. I remember I got my first iPhone. It was, I only wanted it to get IG. <laughs> But, but yeah, uh, but now I was on Facebook and, you know, cause I know like some of the people I grew up with, their parents and, yeah. you know, like actually my first client was this guy who used to be, uh, my older brother's elementary school basketball coach. Okay. Mr. Paris. I still talk to him. That's my yeah. guy. 
Um, and he was like my first client yeah. ever. As soon as I put on there, he said, oh, I love that my son come and work with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, he used to get me in. He still worked out of elementary school, like, way out in Wilton. Yeah. And I used to drive to you Wilton, drove get into the elementary school gym. <laughs> he was my first client. That's what's And up. then I was just working him out. And then, you know, it's just funny how when you do great work, then you get results. One yeah. person tells one more person. Yeah. And they tell two people. And yeah. they tell four people. Word of mouth and is slowly a powerful but surely, thing. Uh, you know, we started growing the clientele. I started doing, I was training people anywhere. You know, when you start, I was at CalFit. Yeah. I was at elementary school, mm -hmm. playgrounds. Mm -hmm. We was at, you know, 24-hour fitness. You have a duffel bag, and that's your yeah. equipment, and you take it where you need to go. And then the dude uh, over there at the church off of, uh, by Massey Court. What's that church called? It's Southside, off of Mac Road. They have the King's oh, Court in there. Um, um, I know what you're talking about. I yeah. can't think of the name. I know what you're talking so about. So I started training people in there, and they used to have, like, this yellow court. It was <laughs> ugly. And I started training. They was, like, they was uh, helping me out, though. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, I really appreciate yeah. them because they, they, they helped me out. They gave me a space to kind of grow. Yeah. And then from there, you know, I ended up going with over there where Coach Dre, which is next door where mm -hmm. we're at now. Yeah. And I, I leased a half court from him, like sublease from him. Yeah. And I was able to really build my business there. So shout out to Coach Dre Woolridge, man. He he helped me out and gave me a space as well. Right. right to be able to help grow and cultivate my vision. Yeah. And you know, I, anyone that ever gave me an opportunity like that and allowed me to have a space, because that's one of the hardest things in this game. Yeah. Consistent space to mm -hmm. do what you do, right? Yeah. And you know, because you know it's expensive. It I know is. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so it, it gets expensive. But being able to have a consistent space to grow your business, to grow your brand, and again, I always tell people like this: at Touch Student, we're result result oriented. Mm -hmm. Everything we built, the reputation, the you know, the brand, all of that, it starts with the results. Very true. Very word true. of mouth. Yeah. Right? And that's what we're all about, like, making sure that the quality of what we're doing, the training, the teaching, the coaching, and not just the basketball side, but, like you said, the things that translate beyond basketball, that go beyond yeah. the game. These are life skills. That translates to life and translates to everything, really. And yeah. Habits, like, discipline, like, all those things, you know. And being able to get those results consistently. Yeah. Well. And that's kind of that's kind of what we've really been able to build. Good. And, uh -oh. Now we're in. We went to Natomas. Yeah, we had that's our first facility. Like yeah. We were able to get our own floor and mm -hmm. everything like that. Yeah. And then COVID hit. So I know. Yeah, that was kind of that shifted a lot of things. Yeah, for it was sure. a hard time because yeah. you know we had to shut down. Hey, you can't operate. You can't pay that overhead. Yeah. So we had to shut down. Put our court in storage. Put everything in storage for like a year, and then we were able to find the space we're in now. Mm -hmm. And you and know, you've turned that space into your own. You definitely have. Yeah, we have, and it's it's going. You know, it's great. It's a lot of work, but we're growing every month. We're mm -hmm. growing, we're growing now. We're trying to grow, add more trainers. I think one of the biggest things for us, like we said, we're result oriented. So for me, we're trying to create systemized ways to make sure that anyone that we bring in to touch shooting as an instructor or a trainer, that we can properly train them. Yeah. So that we can keep the level of the training and the instruction at a certain level. Yeah. And also consistency. So it's not just like 
you could be coaching a concept in basketball, mm-hmm. and I could be coaching the exact same concept, mm-hmm. but we might be using different terminology. Yeah. Right? So in our in our gym, I want everything to be consistent. So if Coach Christian's training a kid or coaching a kid, mm-hmm. and then the next practice or a training, he's coming and training with me, that kid don't get confused. Yeah, he's hearing the same. The same terminology. It's being all echoed. Throughout exactly. the throughout the gym, yeah, and it's repetition too. Yeah. It's repetition, yeah. a, men, a mental repetition. Like, yeah. oh, we're using the same verbiage, so now you know we're talking about the same thing. Now, like, especially as a coach, you know, right. you gotta have verbal yeah. cues. Like in a game, mm-hmm. it's like I say the same word when I expect something from something. We have yeah. a verbal cue for everything. Mm-hmm. So all I gotta do is say that word, boom, they know what I'm talking yeah. about. And exactly, it's, like, it's repetition, right? So we're trying yeah. to create, you know, we have a curriculum and all of that where the verbiage, the concepts. Everything is consistent, mm-hmm. and every coach that comes in to train at touch has to kind of learn that, so we can keep it consistent. But at the same time, it's all concept based, mm-hmm. so it gives the coaches still the opportunity to have creativity, yeah, and bring what they bring to the table, mm-hmm. like you know what I mean. But at the same time, it's like there's certain concepts and a philosophy that that is a non-negotiable. Yeah, and the good part is I would say you know because obviously I've met your coaches and staff, like shout out to Amir and Christian, you know, they, I follow them. They follow me on IG and they've always been very respectful and cool. When I talk to them, I really like Amir. I think he's a good young dude. Got a lot of potential. uh, Was my high school teammate. Yeah. 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 I saw that. I saw that when you guys got shot out for his birthday. Like, no, I think, I think he's got a lot of good potential Christian as well, you know, and this is just from my experience of coaching against him and talking to him and stuff like that. And, um, no, you've surrounded yourself with a good supporting staff. And I think that's that's a hard part in our business because um, – and this is just, you know, for those who are listening, this kind of circles back to a direct question I was going to ask him anyway. So just know we're, you know, we're following script. But, no, it was um, – you know, in our business, and what I mean by that is he – Ryan is a black business owner who – functions in the, the the business of basketball same as myself i'm a black business owner in rockland who functions in the business of basketball and there's a cultural side of it and there's a business side of it and trying to find the balance between both is not always easy right mm-hmm. and you know we'll speak on that a little more um in depth later but what i was saying is trying to find people that you can trust i feel is the hardest thing in this business because there's you you just never know people come in with ulterior motives i'm not there's plenty of people who come in yba with the intention of either self-sabotaging poaching kids whatever things like that and we just you know me and ken and all of us we just know it's part of the game it's just like you you take a risk on someone hoping that they're being honest with you and can see the value in what you do here but you ultimately don't know everybody's intentions right so i think um I think the foundation of business is trust, and and that's always uh, I hate to say in the in this game that we play in this business that we play, um, you just don't you don't know who you can trust sometimes until until it's until they show you who you who you are. So you know that's just my my take on it um, overall. <laughs> nah, man, and you you hit the head on the nail. Yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Um, I mean, and that's what part of the reason why with Touch, we've been very patient in terms of hiring people and adding trainers and trying to be very careful. Yeah. And luckily, we have some great guys mm-hmm. like Coach Barry, yep. who now Shout has been Barry, able yep. to build himself up and mm-hmm. become a very notable trainer in the area. Yep. 
and now he has decided to take the step and move on and try to do his own thing, which is yeah, which yeah, is great. Right. Like, that's what really what we want. Yeah, we want guys to be able to come in and use our platform, but at the same time, great business is mutually beneficial. Yeah, it's, it's, it has to be mutually beneficial. It's enough for everybody out here. So we have a great you know system of like, hey, for us, like when you come in, you you get a really good commission split. Right, seventy percent. Yeah. If I'm just gonna be uh, yeah. open, seventy yeah. percent, seventy thirty. Very good commission. Very split. good commission split. On top of the fact that we are going to give you a platform to help you build your brand, we're going to give you resources to help you build your brand under the umbrella of Touch. Yeah. And on on at the same time, you know, we're also going to give you a lot of clients mm-hmm. because right now, if I'm being honest, like my I, there's only so many hours in the day. Like we, I have personally have a wait list of over forty kids. That can't even I can't even fit in my schedule, right? Because I only have so many hours. Yeah, and I've and I've decided to cap my hours too because it's like you know I can't be on the court ten hours every day. Yeah. It's just unsustainable. Yeah. So now it's like you get seventy percent. We're giving you clients. We're helping you build, which is what I want to do because I want to help people be able to establish themselves if they really want to do this. Yeah, that's kind of like one of my dreams: being able to help other people establish themselves and you know build a brand and become a high level trainer and coach mm-hmm. because like, I wish I had somebody that helped me right. like that, 100%. which I did to a certain extent, Yeah, but not, not the same way. Right. Yeah. We like, I, I, I say for guys like us, people open doors, but we created our own lane. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. That's why I look and, at it. And, and you know, the, the, for me, the trade off is like, Hey man, it, it's mutually beneficial. We're going to give you this platform. We're going to help you. But when it comes time for, hey, I need you to coach this team, or, hey, man, I need you to run these classes that are more like a clinic-style class, yeah. and for this class, you get paid hourly. Yeah. I need you to give me your full effort and really put it in. Yeah. And that's like the trade-off, because now you're helping touch shooting grow, mm-hmm. and we're helping you grow. Simultaneously. While it's you're a growing. mutual beneficial. Exactly. And we've had, you know, there has been some issues in the past where guys that were just wanted to benefit from everything, but then when it came to their part to help grow the business, they were like, oh, not showing up or whatever the case yeah. may be, not yeah. giving And you're getting, that's just part of business. That's you're going right into it. that. Yeah. But, but, you know, that's, that's kind of like where I'm trying to find people that understand, hey, the mutual benefit between us. And if we both help each other win, then everybody eats. Everybody wins. Exactly. But, it can't, but when you go into anything, I think the important thing is to go in seeing, hey, how can I add value? Like, what can I do to add value to this? Because if I add value to this, everything grows. Right. As opposed to, like you said, a lot of people go in the situation. I'm sure you dealt with this. Mm-hmm. What can I extract? Yeah, of course. I'm going to go, oh, oh, this this business or this company or this brand or this person mm-hmm. has built up and done a lot of things and they have all these resources. Okay, well, I'm going to go be part of this to see what I can extract from yeah, it. Yeah, always. Which is, in my opinion the wrong mindset, but it's very common. Yeah. And and as opposed to, man, how can I add value? Which Mm -hmm. in the long, and really when you add value, the long-term benefits for you is even that much higher. Yeah. Because even myself, like with prolific prep is an example. I didn't go to prolific prep like, Ooh, they got these top players. What player can I, can I take and make my, or what can I attach or what player can I attach myself to? Exactly. It wasn't that. It was like, no, I'm just going to wake up at 4 30 AM every day. Drive to Napa, train <laughs> dudes crazy. before school, yeah. and 
whoever wants to be there is going to be there. And we're going to grind. We're going to get better. And we're going to help this team be better. I'm yeah. going to be part of this team. Mm -hmm. I'm going to help this program grow. Um, in which it was needed. Like, yeah. you're at a top prep school with NBA prospects. They need someone there that's going to help develop the players. Yeah. Or else the players ain't going to want to be there, right? Right. So, so for me, it's like, well, okay, what can I do to add value to this program? I'm going to go above and beyond. And that's why even to this day, Jeremy Rosati and Phil Doherty, they, the, anything I need, they will do. Nice. Because they, they, you know, they see the way that I work, my work ethic, and that, hey, man, if they need something, I'll do it. If they call me up right now, it's like, hey, I need you to come to Prolific and do this. I'm there. I don't necessarily work there anymore. Yeah. Like but you, but you but built that, that relationship. Yeah, the relationship yeah, because, yeah. you know, and and it's it was a thousand percent mutually beneficial. Mm -hmm. And now they help me out with things if I need it. Yeah. If they need me for something, I'll help them out. Like Phil Doherty will hit me up sometimes like, hey, man, I got this player that's going to be in set and I haven't seen him play for a while. Can you just work him out and evaluate this player for me so I know like where I could try to help him? Yeah. So he'll, I'll do that. Yeah, you know, just like little things. Yeah, but it's all about you the know? relationships and partnerships and things like that. That that's how me and you got closer. You know exactly. what I mean? Because again, from last year, for those who might know, but if you don't know, me and him worked together. Um, uh, I was able to get an Adidas contract uh, last year and establish the contract for the long run, and he was a big part of helping me with that. But at the same time, I was able to help him because I gave his kids a platform and a chance to go at that level and 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 a coach, you know, introduce you to Coach Sam, Sam and, yeah. and shout out to Sam, my shout dog, out to Sam, man, yeah, exactly, great dude, great coach. Like, it's all about the relationships, you know what I mean? And and through the course of that journey, me and I would like to think me and you gained a a, a great mutual respect and understanding of where each other both come from you know what Absolutely. i mean and and it's like and not to mention yeah. both of our teams were able to be really successful true and go to that made as a rock hill to, yeah rock hill south carolina <laughs> yeah, yeah. with the real three ssb yeah and see what that shit was like and exactly. see like which all. gave our kids a great great <laughs> yeah. opportunity because yeah. a lot of our kids wouldn't have had that opportunity exactly right? so and, it was, and it was we, really good we had to advocate for the freshman, but but mind you, we should have been in it. They were, they were, you know, we ain't going right. to it. <laughs> we, exactly. All, all I'm gonna say is that according to the rules, right? <laughs> but you know how that goes. Yeah, okay, but that, but we made it, and we were the very, very not too many NorCal teams. Period made it, and yeah. we were we were lucky enough to be one of the ones that that won our, our won and fought tooth and claw to get there. So mm -hmm. that's just a so people understand like me and his uh me and ryan's background and well all, well that circles back to basically my overall question you know you see the landscape of training you see the landscape of au basketball you see the landscape of basketball today what what's your overall overall perspective you know pros cons whatever you know whatever you want to speak on you know obviously I know you're going to touch on as best you can. I don't, you don't want to step on no one's toes, but <laughs> on this podcast, I really try to get, you know, I want people to, I want people to see the human side of you, you know, cause a lot of people just like me, I think they see the coach, the sky screaming in the stands. Like I, I think I'm pretty much fucking known for that for yelling at the screaming. Yeah. 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 Yell at refs, <laughs> Right. And like that's like yeah. a lot of people just know you from, 
the 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 social media platform the the this guy's training this you know d1 guy this this nba guy you know they see the open runs and quite honestly i think a lot of motherfuckers are envious of you just being straight up you know guys like myself marcus kirkland um shout out marcus yes hey, i just want to shout out marcus because one thing with marcus man he's so loved yeah like, crazy since i've ever since i first met him which yeah. was like when i me and marcus when, when i first started training he had hit me up like yo yeah. keep doing what you're doing yeah and then he started like even keegan yeah. he's the one that he was keegan's pretty much br uh, brother-in-law yeah yeah he's keegan's brother-in-law and he was like hey keegan you need to go work with this guy because yeah. this guy can help you. And he, yeah. and it's like nothing, no ego, nothing about himself. Marcus is he one of the most do, selfless people. Man, he going to do whatever is best for that person regardless. Yeah. <laughs> it don't have nothing to do with him, which is like, which you and, know is yeah, rare. It's yeah. rare. And like me and Marcus, you know? people see us on social media talk shit to each other all the time, yeah. right? And he'd be yeah. laughing. We all we both laugh about it because people are like, he'll he'll have people hit him up like, man, yeah, I don't fuck with that dude either. And Marcus yeah. is like, bro, he's my Dog. Well, he's my, yeah. my best friend. Like, we just yeah. fucking around with each other. Like, they, that's my dog. What you mean? Yeah, he would my take people are so quick to start talking shit. Exactly. For no reason. It's like, why, why, why? Like, you don't even know this dude. Yeah. And that, and that's part of, that's part of the reason why I have guests. Yeah. Like, like my last guest was Sean Chambers, right? And, yeah, yeah. and Sean. Legend. He, exactly. He's, a, and he, he, he gets a lot of backlash. And, and Sean's a, and I mean, look, you gotta, if you want to be successful in this business, in this game, you do kind of have a have to have a, a head strong, an edge. You got to have vision, right? And everyone's not going to share in that vision, but it doesn't mean that their vision is downplaying yours. It's just ours. It's just our individual vision that we're trying to create and make to fruition. So I think a lot of people just don't know this side of you. So that's why I kind of create this platform and invite people on this show to have a chance to humanize you and hopefully they listen to this or see this and go, Oh man, I've never seen this dude, but I seen that episode and yeah, he seems like a great guy. You know what I mean? Like that's no, well overall. No, no. So just circle back to my question. Like just what, what's your overall perspective when it comes to this, uh, AAU world, right? Right. AAU. Where it sits today. <laughs> <laughs> that's a loaded question. <laughs> a little bit. Hey. Yeah, it is true. It hey, is a little um, bit. Man, to be honest with you, if I'm being completely honest, man, mm -hmm. I never, ever, ever wanted to do AAU. Okay. I didn't. And I, I love development. Like, even as a player, I realized that one of my favorite things about being a hooper was the grind. Mm -hmm. The summer grind. Waking up in the morning, hooping, going running ones with the homies. Doing open runs, you know, all that open shit. Open runs, yeah. hooping, talking shit. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. just the culture yeah, behind yeah, yeah. it. Like, Absolutely. the culture. Like, that's what I really love. I love putting in the work. I love getting shots up. Like, I'm a real shooter. Yeah. Like, like, True. Hey, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not arrogant or cocky. <laughs> no, you are. Day, I played. Hey, I played over run against number, you. Like, numbers, I know. Don't, numbers don't lie. Right? <laughs> so like, but but the reason why I became a shooter like that is because I really love that shit. Like it's therapy. Like every single day, like I put shots up. Yeah. Like there's no. Like if I didn't get shots up, I felt weird. Yeah. Like literally, it was just like my. That's what I did. Ray Allen was like that. Yeah. Like I even if it's like man, if I'm dead tired. And I did, I had it, even after games, I would go, hey, 30 minutes, let me yeah. get some reps up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After practice, before practice, 30 minutes, 30 minutes. But people don't realize that that 20, 30 minutes adds up. It does. And if you do it every single day, adds you know what up. I'm saying? It's consistency. Yeah. So ultimately, like, that's what I really love. So I didn't really want to do AU because I saw the culture. I saw, like, like you said, it's just, 
how do I say this diplomatically? <laughs> so what 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 I see is that a lot of uh, AU programs are more so about building up the program or building up the coach's pedigree mm-hmm. versus what's really best for the kids. Okay. You know what I'm saying? It's a fair, so, it's fair, fair assessment, so, fair answer. In which I get, yeah. because at the end of the day, everybody wants to have their program be the best program. Everybody wants their brand. I do too. Yeah, so I of get, course. I yeah. get that, right? Yeah. Like we all should want that. But there's a but in my opinion, there's a way to to go about that 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 still puts the kids first and mm-hmm. what's best for the kids first. And that's one thing that's kind of like our mission with my program with Team Touch is that hey, we're going to and this is something that I saw because I was training kids, like for example, when I was first starting this one kid in particular, Ben Roseboro, who you know. Yeah, of course. And everybody, I saw that, you know, he was playing for a bunch of these different teams. But he was, and I was training him, mm-hmm. and I was really, you know, we were training high-level concepts at a mm-hmm. younger age, pro-style stuff, reads, yeah. like, habits, right. right? It's about habits. And he was playing for all these different teams, but wasn't really being coached. And he was getting bad habits. Yeah. And he also wasn't, there was no accountability because he's a, like, mind you, this is a kid that was windmilling in eighth yeah. grade. Like, super talented, oh, yeah. right? Trust me. He, and, um, and, and everybody wanted Ben. Yeah, everybody wanted Ben. And so, when sometimes with kids like that, too, the coaches are going to tell the kid what they want to hear mm-hmm. and not what they need to hear. Yep. And there's not, there was like, there was a little bit of accountability with him. He was able to just do whatever he wanted. And he was so much better than all the other kids. Like, mm-hmm. he would drop 40 points playing 50% effort. Yeah. Like, literally. And then I'll I'll be the guy that's like, bro, you ain't playing hard. Like I'm right, pissed at right, him. Right, right. He's like, man, uh, forty, man. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I <laughs> right, get that. Right, right, yeah, exactly. But, but you know, but you're it, seeing the bigger picture. But I'm seeing like, okay, well, you your dream is to get to the league or get to college, get to mm-hmm. high level, whatever, and it ain't gonna work because you're you're bigger, stronger, and more athletic than kids now. But once you get to that high level, everyone gonna be like that. Yeah. So what separates you, right? And I'm seeing that at a young age. Right. So if I'm being completely honest. Ben is like one of the main reasons why I even started Team Touch and started doing AAU. Okay. Because I wanted to bring these guys in and start being able to hold them accountable, teaching mm-hmm. them how to play real basketball, how to play man to man defense, yeah. rotate, building habits, how to talk on defense, like the little things that, not, that these kids aren't doing. I'll speak on that yeah. real quick, just because JJ, JJ Reddick's podcast had a big segment on that. Yeah. And you just said it. So I just, it just popped in my head. You know, and and you you probably know this too because you played overseas or whatever. But you know, in like um, European countries and stuff, you can't play zone. Yeah. Um, from age because I think they start at seven, like six, seven, until you're like fourteen years old, thirteen years old, depending on the country. But most of those, um, then the UK and stuff, you can, you can't you can't run uh, zone. If you run zone, I think two one time as a tech, two or three times you like get disqualified or your team can get disqualified. They're like, serious about that, that shit. Yeah. Like they're serious about <laughs> I it. Love like, that. you we know what I mean? That. So yeah, I was curious of your thoughts on it. Do you like, I, I know I just on like a sidebar, but yeah, no, I'm a big proponent of that. I, you know, you know, JJ's uh, said it best. He said, you know, when you run zone against a group of, you know, nine year olds, it's a cheat shoot. code. Yeah, you know what I mean? They code. can't, they can't pass 
more than 10, 15 feet accurately. You know they can't shoot the three at a high clip. You know, if you just got a couple of kids, one or two kids that are extremely bigger, and you just send them in the paint, and then you just have the other kids kind of kind of contest and run around the ball, it's basically a cheat code to win. You're not doing nothing. And, it, and for me, like – like some people think, like I'm against zone or I'm against pressing. It's not that I'm against it at all because all of this, all of this stuff is important and it's part of basketball. Yes, but I just believe, and it's the same philosophy that I have with training. Yeah, you have to teach people step by step. Yeah. So like I I, I agree. I don't think that young players should really play zone, mm-hmm. but I think that it should be a progression. Yes. Man to man principles and habits are the foundation of every defense you're going to run. Mm-hmm. So if you're teaching a zone before you teach these kids a real man to man defense, mm-hmm. you're skipping steps. Exactly. Because a real zone, if you you know, a real zone is a matchup. It's just a matchup. It's really essentially man to man in the area, yeah. especially like a two three matchup. Mm-hmm. It's a man to man in the area. The principles are the same. The yep. ball moves. You got to jump to the ball. Yeah. You got to be on the help. You got to be in. You got to talk. Positions, all that. Yeah. You got to rotate. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it's like you it, you still have to guard a hum, a, a player. You yeah. Can't, you're not just standing and guarding air. Yeah. And a lot of times, and you see it all the time. Yeah. We play against these AAU teams, and they run a two-three zone the entire game, the entire game. and the kids are just standing in they, a spot yeah, with just, their hands, and up. they just move like yeah, and shadowing the ball, and yeah, and, yeah, and it's not real. And the, and and then when these kids get to high school, and you actually have to teach them a shell drill, they don't even know how to do a basic shell what, drill. What I was at finding all. out is kids no. were equating shell drill, thinking it was a zone. Yeah, because they run zone so much, they so their 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 brains equate that shell drill they're learning is zone, and you you have to really keep reminding them. No, this is man to man. This is right. this is a a construct simulation of man to man movement. That's what shell drill is. It's just a. It's, it, we're trying to teach you like the habits. Yeah, you know what I mean. You but know? but the, what I was finding out was kids were carrying that over in zone principles in their head and doing that in the game and not not understanding they have to move parallel to their man they have to see where the ball is and their man is ball you man like they had they they just couldn't yeah. carry it over and that's what that's where for me i started breaking my algorithm in terms of how i teach man to man and piece by piece by piece exactly. by piece by piece because once you learn that then you start you gotta learn the rotation yeah how to X out on the weak side, how to close out. Like, I, I believe no middle. Yeah, me too. you know, yep. that's pretty much yeah. every high college and yeah. pro. It's no middle. If you let yep. good players get to the middle. That's exactly So you right. got to understand how to close out, yep. how to slide, all the all these little habits, right? right? It's And that's what we're about is building habits. And this is the thing. When you're teaching young kids to do this, a lot of them can't do it yet. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to guard. No. So what a lot of coaches will do is like, okay, we're playing man-to-man defense the whole game, and my players can't play man yet, and they getting cooked. Yeah, it ain't working. Let's go to a zone. Yeah, it ain't working. We're gonna go to a press, but then you're pretty much hiding their deficiency. Right, and this is a hard thing because now you might lose some game. You are going to lose. You're gonna some lose. Game. No, you're gonna, you're gonna lose, lose games before you do that process. Hundred uh, percent. Your team is gonna look bad. Yeah, and now the parents that don't really, or maybe never really hoop like that, or maybe they don't really see what mm-hmm. we're seeing. Yeah. They're like panicking, like, oh my yeah. God, when my son plays for this other team, he scores 20 points. But it's like, okay, your other team is running a zone press the whole game and they're getting steals and layups and they got seven or eight yeah. layups and that's 16 other points right there. Exactly. And, but now when you play real basketball, their kid don't know how to play. Right. And it's the same way that we teach offense. We're teaching all pro style action. So yeah. the kids, 
are all it's we're putting them in a decision making position every single time. Right. And in the beginning, I'm telling this kid to run a ball screen. He don't know how to make the pocket pass no, or the doesn't. hook pass. No. He don't know how to make the right decision. Nope. So guess what? They turning it over. They shooting bad shots. Yeah. And to a parent that don't really understand what we're trying to do, they man, my this ain't the right fit. My son don't look good right now. But it's like okay, if you if you were here for your son to just look great and they were just going to be successful the whole yeah. time, how then, are they going to grow? Then they're not going to get. How better. are they going to get better? So, and I tell people this before they come to our program: your kid is going to struggle. Yeah, it's a design that way. They're going to lose. They're, they're, they're going to lose before they learn how to win. Exactly, and they're gonna they're gonna look bad. It's probably going to take because we practice one time a week. Yeah, to teach this type of stuff, it's going to take a. While. It takes a while. <laughs> For like, because we're like we could just draw up a set play every mm-hmm. time, and it would work way more often now. Yeah, but it takes away the decision making process. For that kid, yeah, and now that kid. So now you know you know this better than ever. If you're a guard mm-hmm. and you want to play college basketball or pro, you have to be very efficient in a ball screen situation. Yeah, 100%. you have to understand D- how to run DHOs yeah. and be very efficient. Yeah, you have to understand all the different act- split actions, yeah. how to move without the ball, how yeah. to cut, how to read screens. Absolutely, you know you have to understand how to run a double stagger screen, like all these different actions. So yeah. like when we teach offense. You're going to see all of these actions at some point in our offense. So now Good. the idea is that, hey, you've done this for so long, it don't matter where you play. Yeah. Because if you go to any college, you're going to see ball screens, DHOs, mm-hmm. stagger screens, split action, yeah. whatever the case is. Zoom may. actions, all Zooms. of them. Yep. You're going to see that. So now your kid has at least seen and done that enough times to where it's not a foreign language yeah. and they're kind of like more well-versed exactly. and understanding. And then just even just the basic spacing principles. Yeah. Like, Teaching kids, like, hey, baseline drive, if you on the other side, you got to be in the corner. Yeah. Like, yeah. kids don't even know that. Like, right. they don't even, they just stand around, yeah. and they don't even know how to make themselves available. Or yeah. bigs, like, they don't know how to move, like, how to play the duck move spots. Move the ball. Exactly. Just, they don't, you know, they don't get, know. relocate, get themselves open. Yeah, exactly. 100%. And it's like, I tell kids all the time, you ever play with that one big man that every time you drive, he's just in the he way? He just stands there. He's, yeah. like, looking at you, come <laughs> at him, and he just... Yeah, like, he don't move the hell out the way. No, yeah. I know exactly what you're so talking about. So it's like we, you want to teach kids that at a younger age, and it's hard because, like, it's read and react offense, and these kids don't – they don't know yet, yeah. and it takes time. Yeah, because they don't process as quick, and, yeah. and again, it takes reps and reps and reps Man, and reps. It and takes time. And even me, like, I like with coaching – I get it. I'm like I said before. Yeah. I'm so competitive. I want to win. <laughs> of like, course, I want to win. We, right. we're, we're yeah, yeah, exactly. But at the same time, it's like the really, really, really mature youth coaches, in my opinion, you have to be able to take your ego out of it. Yeah, and be like, okay, win or lose. Right now, this isn't about winning or losing. At this age, at least, this yeah. is about development. Yeah. So we're not gonna handcuff the kid. We're going to keep going at it and playing a certain style of play regardless if we're going to lose games now because this is what's going to, in the long term, exactly. is going to help these kids. And you, and know right? that you're going to take some L's along the way and yeah. just, you know, adapt and figure it out. So I think the hardest part is getting the buy-in yeah. from the families, the kids, and the players because nobody wants to see their kids struggle. It's no. so hard. And I get it. I don't have kids yet. Right, right. So And, I'm, and I know you have kids. Yeah? yeah, I got daughter and two sons. So I know, so I can imagine that watching your kids struggle or, you know, your kid might have See a me, I'm an asshole. I laugh. 
Yeah. <laughs> when well, I see like, my like, son like drinking also, punch, yeah, but you I'll know what it takes. Yeah. You exactly. also know what it takes to get to that high level. So but I'm watching like my different. son airball laugh. So I'm like, <laughs> you suck, dude. And I'm just laughing. But no, I get, you're, you're right. Like, but, I just but, learned but it's to so laugh. so hard. Like, I have, I have people that I call me sometimes. But now, like, now that our program, we've been, and mind you, Team Touch has only been around for three years. Yeah. And one of those years was COVID. Yeah. So we're very new. And I feel like in a short amount of time, We've been able to establish not only obviously the training side, mm-hmm. but even the AAU side yeah. as being, you know, people around here know what team. Yeah, touches, yeah of course, yeah, really well yeah, respected. Yeah. So now I think at this point, because of the results, and we've had a lot of kids that have come through Team Touch, even kids that literally on our like, our, there's a kid, um, there's a kid, a couple of kids that were like not even getting minutes at all on our team when they were in eighth grade, and now they're like the best player on their high school team. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying, and it's like. And it's like, that's just a testament because I have a lot of people that tell me, like, how can my kid develop if they're on the bench? But I'm like, at the same time, I get I get where you're coming from. Right. But at the same time, this isn't just a team where you're just sitting on a bench. Like, no. there's a reason why you're sitting on the bench. Exactly. And sometimes the bench is the best teacher. Mm-hmm. Even for myself, if my coach is yelling at me like, Ryan, you got to get to the help side. Right. But I stay in the game. Yeah. I'm going to be like, all right, bro. You're right. I'm going to keep exactly. But, but if now that, you if sitting he there said, and you like, fuck. if he, if he like, you on a bench and I'm sitting on that bench for a minute, I used to be hot. <laughs> so I get it. Like I'm sitting on a bench, like my blood is boiling. Right, like, put right. me in the dirt. <laughs> but <laughs> like, now, but I guarantee you'll go weak side. But hey, guess what? When I go back in the game, I'm gonna be on that help line and I'm gonna exaggerate that shit. Yeah. And then I'm gonna look at the coach like, I'm yeah. here. I'm here. Like leave me yeah. alone. Don't take me out. <laughs> I did what you asked. You know what I'm saying? And that's and that's and that's what I'm yeah. trying to get people to understand is like. That's what we should be telling the kid. Yeah. But Not, we shouldn't go in the car and be like pissed off. Like, yeah, your coach should have played. Like, and I'm going to be real. Like, my dad's not going to like that I say this. But <laughs> I remember when I was young, sometimes my dad would do that with me. Yeah. Like, like I get, I might not have the best game. He'll get in the car and be like, man, you would have had 20 if your teammate would have <laughs> passed you the ball. Or you would have, if your right. coach would have just left you in. But No. You need to be telling them, like, for me, I feel like it would have been more beneficial. And mind you, my dad was a very supportive, amazing yeah. father. What's your, what's your dad's name? His Just name is Jerry. He follows me. Yeah, he, he loves does, yeah, My I, dad I, loves basketball, man. No, he, 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 he Yeah, because I saw, yeah. it, I just recently, it said Jerry's. I was like, yeah. and I looked at the picture and I saw, I said, Oh, I was like, this got to be his dad. So, yeah, okay, dad, so I, yeah. that's what I thought. And shout out to him, man. Like yeah. you just said, seems like a really good guy. Now, my dad, he loved the game, but. That's just one thing that I, I think that, you know, stop making excuses for your kid. Mm-hmm. Stop. You know 100%. what I'm saying? Like, like, your kid is on an eighth grade AU team and they're on the bench. They're not that good. Yeah. Like, and it's okay. Yeah. I, I, bro. It's all I'll right. Say, I wasn't that good time. either. Yeah, I say this shit all the time. And I had to learn how to earn it. Yeah. I had to learn how to do. Some coaches are looking at different things on another team. Your kid might not have your kid might have zero IQ and not know how to play, but they're long, fast, and athletic. So when you play on the team where they're pressing and trapping and gambling the whole They'll time, look amazing. they might look way better. Yeah. But on our team, we you have to know how to play. Yeah. And if you don't, you can't play. Right. Because also it's about the culture of the team as a coach. Yeah. Like I can't play a kid that ain't doing what we ask. Right. Because now None of the kid, other kids are going to buy in because they're like, well, he don't do it, yeah. and he playing. Why exactly. do I got to do it? 100%. And it's like even – and that's what people don't understand. Even if your kid is the most talented kid on the team, if they're not bought into what we're doing, you got to sit. 
And I think I think parents you know got I think parents got to learn to not take it personal too. Because yeah. I, st- I I think a lot of times parents when we critique their kids. So I just had film the other day for my um my eighth grade and my sixth grade. In my sixth grade, they needed film. I needed them. Yeah, I try to do film with my teams at least once a month, right? So we went to Vegas. They played against the number one team in the marquee circuit, I-5. And so we play them again this weekend. And so I showed them, like, this is what you're doing wrong, things like that. And you could see the kids that were extremely receptive and, like, were enjoying this. You could tell, like, this was new to them to have film broken down to them. But the thing was, when you sit down with a coach, especially I could say at least from someone like me with my basketball mind and the way I see the game and I see so many details, I think that's what helped me as a player, it's weird because my coaches always used to tell me I would make a good coach. And I used to, I used to take that as an insult. I'm like, what the fuck you saying? <laughs> like, I can't hoop. Like, you know, I used to take that shit as an insult, but my college coaches, all that, they were like, no, you see plays in the games. Cause I used to get a lot of steals from shooting the lanes. I, yeah. I, I think it was 2000, 2008, 2008, 2009. I was number two in the nation in steals, but it wasn't yeah. because it was like I was on ball. I wasn't that guy that could just pick. I was in college? Yeah, in college. So it wasn't the guy that could just, um, you know, strip the ball from me. It was me, just right? playing, it playing passing lanes. Anticipating the next Exactly. Pass. And that's what they, and yeah. they said, my coach told me, Coach Nelgrove, he was like, he was like, you're really good at seeing plays and things manifest around you. You know, he was like, I don't think you realize. And he said, that's, that's, that's kind of what a coaching skill is because you can kind of see things play out. And so in film, I'm breaking it down the way I see the game, yeah. all these small details. And, and you could see some of the parents, you know, I think were like, they, 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 they hearing the dialogue of how I see it, I think really, at some points I think it offended them because they were like, wait a minute, like, you know, because they felt like I'm picking on their kid. But at other points I think it was some acceptance of like, oh, I didn't think of it that way. I didn't think of the way this guy sees the game and see it now because, you know, sometimes they think I'm just this angry guy on the side who's my kid took a shot and you subbed him out because he missed the shot. No, I didn't sub him out because he missed the shot. shot. Yeah, it's like it's 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 a couple of things: the shot selection, his body language after the shot. Did he get back? Did he rotate on weak side correctly? Is he sitting on the right on defense? Is he making sure to V cut, L cut when I call the next play? Like these, I'm looking at all those things in like two frames. Yeah. And if I'm getting no, 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 okay, yeah, someone's got to sub him out. And the other thing too is what I notice is like. I, I had parents tell me, like, my son didn't get scored on one time. But it's like they don't realize it's like, no, your son gave up the middle drive yeah. that led to the kick out. Now we're playing off a closeout that led to the layup. That led to But me. you think that that kid got scored on and wasn't your kid, but really your kid is where it broke down. What, two, what, exactly. Two passes before the play happened. Yep. Right? And that's where, you know, where it's sometimes it's like that's why I think, and I hate to say this, but parents got to be parents. Yeah. Coaches got to coach. Yeah. And, and let's do our job. Leave it at that. And if you don't <laughs> like the coach, then go right. to another team. And, and, and that's your choice. But at the end of the day, like, stop trying to be the coach if you're a parent. And and that's Because like, it hurts the kid. You know what I mean? And 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 so, like, for me and you, right, you know, for for instance, um, you know, so we coach, like, we coach some of the same kids, like uh, Braylon's with you now and yep. uh, Cam. Uh, he's he's with you and you know Dev you know Dev heal up I know you're hurt right now yeah. and you, you, most of these kids most Brandon's of all 
Well, yeah, Braylon is hurt. Yeah, you're right. His mm-hmm. ankle. Like so, most most what I tell a lot of the parents and stuff. Most kids nowadays are going to play for two teams, which is a ho- totally fine with me. I think two teams is enough. I don't think yeah. you need four, five, six. You know, this is a crazy amount. You see some of these kids just have six different jerseys on, you know what I mean, yeah. which I think is too much. But, you know, two different teams, two different voices, two different systems. There's no problem with that. And it's not as much confusing. Yeah, exactly. And mm-hmm. what I want to say is I think the way me and you handle things is based off of mutual respect. Uh, there's a lot of AU programs and people out there that don't have that. Yeah. And I think that because, because, you know, and this is so for the audience and just so you guys understand at the end of the day, me and him are quote unquote competitors on the business side. He has his business to run. I have my business to run and our customer base is overlaps. The, yeah. Overlaps. They, they overlap that. That's just, that's just what it is. You know what I mean? It's Walmart and target are competitors, two different lanes, of course, but, they are, but they work together. In exactly, some that's what I'm saying. You know? But they work to, and that's what y'all need to understand. The relationship between me and this man is, we understand. Yes, our our businesses are going to compete to a degree at some point, for sure. When we're playing against each other, that's direct competition. That's the yeah. game. But you know, just because of that doesn't mean you can't have a friendship. Doesn't mean you can't have respect. Doesn't mean you can't even communicate about certain things and talk about certain things because it's like, for instance. Um, and I won't get into too many details about everything, but like he can call me about a parent or a player the same way I could call him about a parent or a player, right? He could say, "Hey, tell me about this kid," or "Tell me about this player," yeah. right? Like, which we've done, which we've done, yeah. And it's because overall, I think of him as a friend. I just want to put a message out there for a lot of you AU directors, trainers, and other people. Things are so much easier for you and so much better for you if you try to approach the relationships with your peers in that same light, with that same respect of understanding this man's trying to eat just like me, but we both have the same love and passion for the game. And we did, we, we both are good at what we do. You know, it's, it's okay to acknowledge that, Hey, this man's doing his thing. He's doing a great thing and he's doing a great service for these kids and vice versa. Too many of you guys out there, not to get too damn preachy, but too many of you guys out there got to stop with the, the, I got to be better than this person. I got to be better than that person. It's okay. It, I, I look at it. I make it adjacent to like. I see my dog back there with the amen. Uh, yeah. Amen. <laughs> amen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> shout out to yo. I like, no, I, I, I mean, I, I, I make it adjacent to like, um. I don't know if you want to call it. I mean, this is an extreme example, but like a Kanye West, Jay Z. Obviously, we ain't Kanye and Jay Z, but I'm just saying, like, a couple billions less. Yeah, right, right, exactly. (laughs) Like, it's just they're both amazing at what they do, but they're both in their own lanes. You know, obviously, Kanye's an extremist and whatnot, but you know, they're both in the in the music industry. They're both in their own lane, but they're both finding success. No doubt, I love Kanye, but he's making it hard, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, Kanye kills love, me, bro. I love him though, for bro, real. Come on, bro, you gotta, you know, chill out a little bit. <laughs> so I just, I just had to say off that side tangent because. But let me add to that because, yeah. and I know you remember this, but when we first announced that we were gonna work together, bro, I had a number, and I know you did too. Yeah, literally hit me up like, oh, be careful working with that dude. I don't know, and I'm like, what? Do you even know him? Yeah, some of these people don't even know you. I know. 
I know. You know what I'm saying? And, and, it's, like, and it's just like, why can't two black men that are doing great things in the community and really care about the kids come together and work together just because we're have our own things? Yeah. Like, at the end of the day, I'm doing this for the kids and so are you. Yeah. So if we have something that makes sense that's going to help the kids, Yeah. what's wrong with coming together and do that? But that's that's part of the issue that you're talking about is that you know, we could get into that. That's yeah, a whole that's nother a, that's conversation. That's a whole nother that's episode. That's a whole nother yeah, conversation. Yeah, but exactly. Because we and I both know where that stems from, right? Yeah. And where that comes from. Mm-hmm. And it's deep-rooted, right? But at the same time, it's like, that's why I, I, I try to be an example of, of, hey, man, we can work together. We could do things together. We could do positive things. And we it did. Could be, it could be mutually beneficial, like I said, and like we were talking about before. And ain't uh, me. it wasn't me trying to extract the platform that you had to go play on the goal. Yeah, and it wasn't me trying to take some players from exactly. you. Exactly. It was just, like, no, we both have you have this and I have this and together it works. So let's let's make it let's make it boom. And I just I and, just and, wish and it's mutual respect. Bro. And it's like bam. Now we we did something better for the community and for the kids. The kids grow. Those kids got a great opportunity. Yeah. And that's what it's all about. And, and we'll probably do something like that in the future. Like, you know, but that's why when we did last year, I was just saying, I remember we had those conversations. I said, man, I just want to set the example. I mean, we can do something different showing that, hey, two entities can work together for a common good, a common goal, right? Absolutely. Like, so, like, fast forwarding, like, just with this, with our culture of AU basketball, all of it, you know, um, and and kids want to frame this question the right way. So, we know ultimately what it takes because we come from a place of knowing we're not, we're not being ambiguous. We're not speaking in theory. You did it. You know, I did it. We, we know what it takes. What do you think is kind of become this disconnect of, I guess, parent player and coach where we can say, Hey, you got to do this. You got to do this. You got to put in the work. You got to have the, you know, tough mentality, deal with adversity, blah, 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 all the stuff, all these guys are preaching, but, but, but the communication isn't getting through to the kid or the parents sometimes. Like, do you mm-hmm. think it, do you think it's our fault? Do you think it's just the culture of what it is nowadays? Cause it, let's just be real. We're in a very sensitive culture where everybody's worried about their fucking feelings and you know, no one wants to hurt anybody's ego or everybody's you know you know mental everything is so soft right now it's like i I just i can't quite put my finger on how to fix it i just know that it has to be fixed so i didn't know if you had any thoughts or ideas about it i mean even like i remember when i was a kid yeah the adults at that time were saying, man, y'all are soft generation. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That is true. But now it's like, man. It's, yeah. I thought we was. <laughs> but, you it's because of these, I guess, man. No, nah, it really love is. Social it's media, a, it's but. a new world. I think that social media, I mean, right now, just in general, not just sports, just yeah. generally speaking, mental health is like ridiculously became, become such a huge problem mm-hmm. and it's not being talked about as much yeah. It's being glossed over. Yeah. And I, I do, I don't know this cause I don't know if there's scientific studies, but just from my experience, I believe that the social media and everything has a big thing to do with that because everybody is comparing. Everything's about comparing yourself to somebody else. Yes. And a lot of times what the, what you're comparing yourself to ain't even real. Right. 
So now you're trying to live up to a standard that's not that's fake. Yeah. And it's even just like the IG girls, like all every girl wants to have ass now. But it's like ninety nine percent of BBLs and filters. It's fake. It's fake. You're right. And it's like I ain't knocking it. Right. It's like do what you do, you get your money, cool. But it's just still like now you have girls that are out here depressed and because they looking on Instagram all day. Oh, that girl got a fatter ass. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. that girl's uh, got this many followers. Uh, this girl. And it's they just comparing, comparing themselves, comparing themselves, comparing themselves instead of focusing on themselves and their own and being present yeah. in their own world, in their own life and trying to be the best that they can be. Yeah. And for some of these women, the BBL don't match your body. No, I don't. Real. <laughs> I see all these YouTube hey, videos and these TikToks, hey, bro. It's hey, look, insane. the thighs be real skinny. <laughs> it's like, hey, you would be way. I mean, I'll just be real. You would be way finer. Yeah, if you just had a natural booty, but I, but that I match your body. I, I, Let's go do some squats or something, you do, baby. It's Good. all this weird perception, bro. No, it's all about like we're trying to get the acceptance of others that we don't even really know. Exactly. You know what and I it's mean? It's the same thing in basketball. Now you see this kid got an offer. This kid is ranked in, come on, bro, like eighth grade, And we grade, know, and, grade I, and I keep trying to tell him, yeah, and I love, shout out to Coach Barnes because he's one of the few he D1 coaches real. that's so fucking honest out there. Yeah. But it's like, try to tell these kids, you can't get an official offer in eighth grade. I know no. that's what they're pointing out there. It's, it's a game. Like the college coaches have to finesse a little bit too because they're trying to, build a relationship and potentially see what this kid becomes. But I try to tell the parents, don't, don't believe everything you see. And this is the thing. The number one advice I could give to every kid and every parent is tunnel vision, man. Just focus on the work every single day. Focus on getting better every single day. We see it. We see it all the time. Everyone focus on again, the clout getting a a viral IG video. Mm Mm-hmm. I got kids that's trying to get NILs and they don't even have a scholarship offered. Like, dude, just get better every day. Yeah. Focus on the work. Make your lifestyle of discipline. Build good habits. Work on your game. Yeah. Be a great citizen. Be a great teammate. Yep. Do those things and everything else is going to take care of itself. But when your focus is, oh, let me go to this big tournament and this big tournament. I'm going to go to this tournament. I'm going to go to this camp. I'm going to get recognition i want to get ranked like i have parents come up to me and ask me like hey coach so can we start playing in tournaments where my kid can get ranked and i'm like what (laughs) i'm like you guys think about this the whole wrong way team touch ain't about that at all yeah we're about development matter of fact we gonna lose games because we're about development and if we was just about no names but there's a lot of teams in sacramento and other places that are just going to recruit the top players to come play for their team, the most athletic guys, yeah. maybe holdbacks, just so they can win games now. Every tournament you see the team, they're going to have different players. Yeah. And it's like, that's cool, and I'm not knocking it because, okay, great. That's not our business model. You're not developing mm-hmm. when you do that. So, like, that's cool, but that's not what, what I'm about. Mm-hmm. I'm a developer. Yeah. I like helping. I like teaching. I'm a teacher, you know? And I like I, teaching and helping kids get better. And giving them game. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's what, that's really the value because that's what they carry with them for the rest of their life. Whether they won a tournament in eighth grade, ain't nobody going to remember that. I don't even remember, I can't even remember a tournament I won in eighth grade. Bro, I can't remember any of my <laughs> I don't remember shit. none of it. He's on fire! No, I just had to add that in there. No, yeah. like, no, you're right. Like, I mean, that's, that's the reality of it, bro. And, and I, 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 
I know I, d- I remember I did that brief video on Instagram talking about the different the different directors and formats, right? You have the developer, uh, the businessman, and the recruiter, right? In terms right. of the AU coach director, and a lot, and those those roles intersect. I even said I think this has so those roles intersect. Sometimes you got to be a businessman. Sometimes you got to be a recruiter. Sometimes you got to be a developer. But you have to individually know what is your purpose, right? I tell people this is an analogy I always use with my teams. I say I say the goal is to win. That's the goal, but the purpose is to develop. Right. right. So like when we're in the game, yeah, my goal is to beat my opponent and to teach in the process while we're teach that competitive. Yeah, 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 right. But the purpose is to develop. Right. I so I said I might steal that from you. Oh, please do. Please do. You know <laughs> the best coaches steal. Best coaches <laughs> steal, right? So like I think a lot of AU coaches and directors have that flipped. Definitely. You know, their 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 goal their um their per their uh purpose is to win. Right. Absolutely. Their purpose is to win. The goal is to develop because, of course, there's every I've, I've rarely seen a coach be that transparent, especially in this AU youth side. Be like, all I give a fuck about is winning. No, I've never heard a coach. They they'll, don't say it, but their yeah, actions. Speak yeah, loud. exactly. They'll, they'll, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't care about winning at all. I just want to develop. But then you notice they're get like you said, they're getting the best kids. Um, I would say oftentimes these coaches will literally pay for the kids, pay for the tournaments. They pay for it. And the yeah. other thing is that what, what, what I don't like too is like maybe they have a kid come to their team yeah. and that kid has a bad tournament yeah. and then they get rid of them. Right. And it's like, okay, one tournament, and this happened to kids. This happened one time to Kevin Hopp, who's a hell of a player. Yeah, hell yeah, yes. And, but he's a small kid. Yeah. And they, he didn't even have a bad tournament. They just lost. <laughs> and he actually played good. Yeah. But – and they still got rid of them because they lost, and they were like, "Oh, but what does that tell me about the program? They have to win. That's all. Yeah, that they matters have. That's all that matters." Which I understand because this team was a circuit team, and the circuits they want you to win. And that's the that's but that's, that's part of the culture yeah. that 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 breeds this. Mm-hmm. Which is like, I understand it because that's basketball. Everyone wants to win. If you have their their these shoe companies are paying yeah. your team money. Hundreds of thousands you, of dollars. They want you to and, win, yeah, right? There's a certain which expectation. Is, which is, like, understood. And in high school, I understand that more. Like, once you get to, like, the major circuit, like Adidas, EYBL, mm-hmm. now that that level, it's like, okay, you got to win. Yeah. But, but, again, but again, that's because you're, like, you, that's ninth, a different Yeah, when you're, like, animal. ninth grade, and, and mind you, this was a ninth grade team at the time. When you're, like, ninth grade and younger, it's, like, it definitely got to be about development. Yeah, it has to. It has to, or else... You're not. I mean, I just, I just personally, I just don't get it. It's, because it's, I'm just a guy that loves the kids. Like I'm trying to help the kids, right? Yeah. So, and even at the higher levels, it should be about development. But I understand that sometimes it, ha- it, it can't can be. be. It, it can't, can't be. be because you know what I'm saying. You know, because you because even even like now, now, and I'm glad. This is why I'm glad we got to talk right now because we know high school AU is about to gear up, right? Yeah. Shout out to all the teams that are. Making it to state and sections. We know that's coming up for you guys in the next few weeks. But it's like, um, you know, this is where kids have to start making those decisions on which AU program they're going to go with. And, of course, I'm I'm doing my recruitment rounds just like every other AU program is doing their recruitment rounds. You know, like we talked about before the show, you're kind of in this in-between area where people are going to talk to you about players or you might, um, you know, funnel some of your kids certain places because you're, you're kind of in that great medium spot where you can kind of push kids to where you think is best and it is it 
like I like I've expressed on this show because like so and and I and I'm saying it now even more so I've I'm I'm very blessed and lucky enough to, from what me and Ryan did last year and establish ourselves getting those teams to Rock Hill and showing that we can uh, uh, produce a certain caliber of competitive teams I've pretty much locked in for the next three to five years with Adidas win or lose I can I can get the brakes beat off me this year and, and, what, and what I love about it though is that like our teams have been together for the past two to three years yeah yeah and the like my team team 94 last year yeah was shout out to Phil Handy he sponsored our team mm-hmm. one of the best coaches and skill development well, really, in my opinion, the yeah. best. Like, it's hands yeah. down. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The best <laughs> skill development coach in the world who's my mentor as well. So shout out to Phil. He he supported our team. Yep. And this team was a team that, you know, as seventh graders, they were like average local team. Mm-hmm. Maybe below average, maybe average. By the time they got to ninth grade, they're playing at a national level. Yeah. That just is a, is a testament to the focus of development. Yeah. Like we didn't go and recruit a bunch of different players. Yeah. Development make, and chemistry. We, we built these this team, teach them how to play, and mm-hmm. help them develop their skill set. Yeah. And and I say help them because I never take the credit. This is something else I just want to put out there. Yeah, yeah. I think that a lot of times trainers as well take way too much credit in for for the kid, and it's like. They get pissed off if anyone else works with the kid, and they yeah. try to like, oh, don't work with this guy. Like, we know how that goes. and it's like at the end of the day, man, none of these kids is any of our kids. No, we are just somebody that has assisted them and has given and poured into that kid. But at the end of the day, every kid has to put the work in. Yeah, we ain't putting the work in for the kid. You're right. They put the work in. Yeah. So at the end of the day, that's th- that's their win. I don't need no credit. Now, the kids that feel like a certain coach or trainer has helped them, they're going to give you the credit. Right. They're going to give you the shout-out. Yeah. They're going to give you their appreciation. But why do we have to feel the need to say, this is my kid. I got 20 kids, a, a scholarship. No, that kid got themselves a scholarship. Yeah, yeah. we might have helped. We might have talked to a coach. Yeah. We might have helped them get better. But they did the performance. But at the end of the day, like you said in one of your videos, the only thing we could do is put you on the in front of their eyes. Yeah, that's all we and can. You, they gotta they gotta show that they can play at that level. That's it. And they gotta put the work in to get there. Mm-hmm. I have so many kids that I train that don't put the work in, they don't get better. And I have so many kids that I train that put the work in and get exponentially better at a rapid rate. They make that quantum leap. And that, and and at the end of the day, we can't force no one to put the work in. There ain't no shortcuts. No. A hundred percent. Anyways, that was a tangent. No, no, you're fine. No, this is the, this is why I want you on this platform. It's like you got they they I, I wish I wish you know you could always have a crystal ball and something like that. It's just like you can't. But that but that's you know like circling back what I was saying. It's just I I'm at a point now for this high school season. I just want thirty three kids, eleven at each group. You know, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, whatever who the parents are going to let my coaches do their job because I'm not going to coach all three, right, and let the coaches do their job. Um, It's not free. Sorry to, you know, I wish I could be free, but I'm not. But, you know, I'm lucky. I I tell people like this. I think I told you this. Yeah. Y'all want discounts. Y'all want free. Call up my landlord. Right. And be like, yo, can you give Ryan a discount this month (laughs) on your your lease? (laughs) For real. Like, like, I wish I could get a discount too. Bro. Now, that being said, 
obviously there's some kids that hey, you'll try to make you, some exceptions if, if for this kid needs it and th- my thing is always this if you come from a economic background socioeconomic background where you need it number one that's the first thing and number two you got to be locked in yeah i ain't committing to you when you ain't even committed to yourself exactly it's, it's, so a, it's a bad investment at the end yeah. of the day, it's so a bad investment. So if you put if you are, if you have great work ethic and you're committed, you come to every practice, you don't miss training, you put work in and you need it, I will it's free, bro. You know you got patience. Right, right. But I'll tell you this though. Ninety nine percent of the people that have quit my teams are the kids that are free. Yep. Because they have no skin in the game. They don't value it. No. And and that's the you know what I'm saying? that's the this is where for you parents and that are listening or where you guys might come across and think like the, the me's and the Ryan's, the Kenji's, the, the Ryan silvers, the, the, the Joey's at Lake show we're the assholes because we're telling you, look, we still have to maintain our business, our status quo. And yes, you, we, we, we believe in your kid. You want it for free for your kid, but without you putting a little stake in it, Right, I don't give a fuck if it's fifty bucks. I don't care if it's like yeah, without something. you, what, without you putting any stake in it. What? Answer this question for me then, and answer it realistically and logically. You can leave comments under the YouTube. You can leave fucking comment. You can message me directly because all my my IG information and shits on the on the description. You parents, answer this question for me then. If you have no incentive to stay, right? Why, why should why why should I invest in you? If you have no incentive to stay, you're not paying for anything. It's all free for you. The tournaments are free. The jerseys are free. The training is free. The coaching is free. The time invested is free. You get all the benefit, and then you just walk out because you didn't like one time I yelled at your kid or you didn't like one tournament where they didn't get as much playing time or as many points. Why should I agree to that contract? Because that's essentially, that's a social, that's what we call a social contract. Like, we in a society, we live under a social contract. This is what I mean if you guys can't break down the example. I can't go into a bank, shoot it up, and then take the cash. You want to know the social contract? I will get fucking arrested or put in prison or probably killed by the cops. That's that's what you call a uh, social contract that's understood under societal standard. So the social contract between me and you is I'm giving and pouring all the incentive you literally give me nothing back. Why should I enter that social contract? And don't give me some bullshit morality thing. Well, it's the right thing to do because you're a good person. Well, the right thing for you to do would be to stay and deal with the uh, adversity that I put your kid through because you get everything for free. But how many parents right. do that? And to add to that, I want to clear this up for everybody that's listening. Yeah. Because one of the things that, you know, shit go through the grapevine. And like you said, people yeah. talk shit. Yeah, of course. People hate whatever. But one of the things that people say about me mm-hmm. is, oh, Ryan, he all about money. And it's like, okay. And and I, lo- I love LaRussell, one of my favorite rappers. Yeah. He said, everybody want to be the boss till the bill comes. <laughs> That's what, what it's true. So it's, it's like, true. look, ain't nobody. If I was about money, I'll be doing things a lot differently than I'm yes. doing now. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They just don't get and it. And it's not about it's not about the money. But at the same time, us as people that pour into kids, like, I don't have another job. No. This this is what I do, yeah. and I invest everything I have into this. Why shouldn't somebody that puts like there's and, and this is the thing I believe like this. 
there are the guys that train people and just, hey, I'm going to go to the Salvation Army. I'm going to give back. Yeah. And we need that. That's yes. amazing. hundred uh, percent. Right. But those guys are, are also not the ones that are dedicating their entire life mm-hmm. to this game. Yeah. So, like I said, there's levels. Right. So somebody that it, that that puts their entire life into the game and has a high level understanding, a high level training. This is what I do. This yeah. is my trade. I've done this my whole life. Right. Right. You ain't paying me for the hour you there. You paying me for the 25 years or whatever of knowledge that I've accumulated by playing this game and coaching this game and being in certain rooms. Yeah. Being on the court with Phil Handy and LeBron and yeah. and D Wade yeah. and learning. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like there this is what you're paying for. Right? And hey, there's another guy over there that's gonna train you for free. Yeah. And if that's what you need to do, great. Do what you gotta do. Right? And that and that's needed. Mm-hmm. Go get your work in. But I'm here to take it to the next level. Yep. And and that and if you really want to invest in yourself and invest in your kid, it's an investment. Yeah. And that's where for me, like I remember when I was hooping, I used man, I didn't have no money. I was a college student. Yeah. And for real. I found fa- I found three hundred and fifty dollars a month to pay Gus. Because I I, I was like, yeah. look, I didn't bro, I don't man, I if I'm lying, I had girls help me get that money. <laughs> I, I figured it out. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So so like even my wife now, like she used to help me. Like yeah. there was a point in time when I first graduated, I was going overseas. I was that summer, I didn't have no money. My yeah. wife, I was living with her. Yeah. She was paying for all the groceries. She took care of me. People dog. don't know the struggle, bro. She took care of me. You know what I'm saying? And that was real. You know what I'm saying? And and that's that's kind of like where, you know, as youth development people, that's why they don't pay teachers. No. Why don't. do why do people that work with we all say the kids and the youth are the future? Yeah. And this is the most important thing in the world. But, but why the, do the people that work with them and help build them up not deserve to get they, paid? They don't deserve why do people exactly. why do people teachers don't make shit? Exactly. Why do people make try to make people that work with kids feel guilty about getting paid? Because they and they try to use the morality excuse. That's what I call it anyway, the morality excuse. Well, well, you should be doing this out of the kindness of your heart. Don't you want to see people succeed? Don't you? Yeah, I do. And I still want to get paid too. Two yeah, things can like, exist hey, at look, the same we time. We live in America, dog. Yeah. This is a capitalist country. Guess what? If I don't get paid, I ain't gonna be. I ain't gonna have a gym yeah. to train you at. I'm. A, I ain't gonna have. What? Like you don't want somebody to to be able to feed their family. Yeah. We doing all this for everybody, but we don't deserve to be able to feed our families. Exactly. And I I just don't I don't understand that. No. Nah, and man. mind you, at yeah. the same time, we still do a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That right. people don't pay for, and we give right. back. Like, right. I try to give back, and yeah. I'm even working on a lot of things right now where we're trying to work on real initiatives to create a systemized way to give back every single month. That'd be great. And that's what we working on right now, which I'll talk to you about that more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I know, I think you could be a part of that. But Oh, yeah, you know me. I'm always um, down for that type of stuff. For sure. So, like, but at the same time, it's like, that's just that's just a big thing. I think that, you know, people trying to make you feel guilty. But the thing about it is that a lot of those people are just mad that they're not getting paid to do it. Right, right. <laughs> I get, exactly. And, well, and it's like... I don't know, man. It's it. it mm-hmm. th- this is more or less. I, this is why I want people to hear these. This episode, listening to two brothers who are heavy in this game and got a lot of stake in it. And like you said, it's put our put our all into it, so they can hopefully understand our perspective. Right. I want I wanted to, you to touch on um, uh, Phil Handy. You know your relationship with him and kind of because because yeah, I think a lot of people have seen over the years. You, you know, and you're through your social media stuff like how close you two are and how he's worked with you and helped you. But I'm just saying, um, 
you know, obviously he's been influential in, in your growth and, and Gus as well. And those, those, you know, those legendary figures in the training world and stuff like that, you know, um, I just, did you, you know, touch, touch on those relationships and how, you know, how maybe Phil and Gus have helped you to evolve and grow in, into who you are. Nah, no doubt. Um, Phil Handy, man, that's, that's my dog. Yeah. Like, I owe so much to him. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because really, and that's why I said, like, earlier I was saying, like, man, I never had nobody really, like, give me a platform like that. And I want to say that Phil gave me, like, he did, he helped me yeah. have a platform. But it's not like Phil was like, oh, here goes 10 clients. <laughs> yeah, 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 like, yeah, But yeah. what Phil gave me was knowledge. Yeah. Like, and that's the most valuable thing that you can get. And that's that's part of the advice that I give to trainers. Because even now, like, I like there's sometimes where, I'm, you know, I'm thinking about hiring some trainers. Yeah, yeah. And it's like they want to get paid right now. <laughs> and it's like, bro, you're getting paid by getting this knowledge. Yeah. And you know this. Yeah, in the basketball the world, you if you want to get to a high level in the basketball world, in the beginning, you ain't getting paid. Yeah. When I was at Prolific, I will, this is what people don't know. <laughs> I literally went there every day. You know how far it is from yeah, me. Yeah, I yeah. had to be there at 6 a.m. every single day. I remember you told me that story. I was, I was driving like, there. Crazy. I didn't even, they didn't pay me even gas money in the, at first. So I'm, but I did this shit off the strength because yeah. I knew that, nah, first of all, I need this experience for where I'm trying to go. This is a great opportunity, yep. and it's worth it. And mind you, at that time, I wasn't making no money like that either. Yeah. I was just starting. Like, it was hard for me to make that happen. Yeah. You were investing in yourself. But guess what? I'm out. Yeah, exactly. But how many people would be willing to do that? Right now, I guarantee you, most, no. driving out there at yeah, 6 a.m. Exactly. for free, nah, these dudes, nah. they're crazy. Nah. But for, but that's the reason why some people are different. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because you got to be willing to do shit that nobody else is willing to do. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. And then it turned into being a paid job because then they started GSP and hired me as a head coach. And yeah. I got paid monthly to do that. And that was a great experience as well. But with Phil Handy, you know, the knowledge, man. Like, I was able to be part of his app where I would go in there and I did some episodes. Like, one time I did a shooting workout. Yeah. It was, like, three and a half hours nonstop. And mind you, I wasn't even in the greatest shape at the time. <laughs> but I was hitting, though. Right. <laughs> but I was tired, right? So you go on the app right now, you'll see some of those segments in there. Nice. I learned so much. Even just not beyond, like, the basketball side, I learned a lot, obviously. The philosophy, the concepts how to teach like one of Phil's biggest things is everything got to be applicable to the game. Everybody got to translate to the game. Everything got to translate to the game right now. Mm-hmm. If you can't tell me how, how this doesn't translate into the game right now, why are you doing it? Do you think you see some drills? I mean, again, I still want you to talk more about that, but have you ever, and you, again, I, I just, I'm just talking about like if yeah. you're scrolling on your phone and you, you know, our fucking phones pop up all kind of stuff, but I see so many drills where I'm like, what the hell does that have to do with the, with the game, bro? Uh, I, I think, know. I think that the biggest issue with training is that everyone again wants to do what looks cool. And the biggest thing that people don't realize with training is the simple sh- like you said earlier simple shit the simple shit and the fundamentals is the most important thing that's the and majority got, of the game and you got you got to master the fundamentals step by step a lot of people see this and they're trying to do this fancy move mm-hmm. but they don't even have the basic concept of having a wide base and being yeah. on balance yes. so how am i doing a double cross crossover spin move yeah. <laughs> layup 
you can't even be on. You can't even dribble on spot on balance. <laughs> Sometimes you can't even. They can't even dribble with their off hand. Yeah, and it's like, bro, <laughs> we like literally. And this is this is honestly this is a secret. Yeah. <laughs> but sometimes when I get a client, yeah, the first time I work them out, I'm gonna do like a couple things that are like I know they can't do, and yeah. like so then the parents are like, oh, this is cool. I haven't, <laughs> I ain't seen this before. But then once they buy in, we yeah. do a basic shit. Basic is it. <laughs> They, that's like what literally, it is. That's, and that's we build it, we building it up. Yeah, and honestly, too, like the training philosophy is like I think of basketball is like a system of skills. Mm-hmm. Like, like so, in every situation, you want to build a skill set so players have multiple options, right? So yep. you always on one of the things Phil said. You always on balance. You always have the ability to change speed. You always have the ability to change direction. So we work on different techniques and footwork in various situations of the game, right? So that you always have those options, right? Yep. And now the game becomes about decisions and reads. Yes. And the game's easy. Yes. Because now, like, if you watch, like, Kyrie, yeah. he might do, or, or Kawhi, he might do a simple setup, one, mm-hmm. two. Yeah. And then change speed, and then he just makes a read. Yeah. He reads your feet. Yeah. I'm either attacking, I'm changing direction, I'm shooting. Yeah, that's it. And it's like, the game's simple, but he's so great at every decision. Mm-hmm. If you back up, he's repped that shot out thousands of times that's going right. in. If you get too close, he's blowing by you. Exactly. First step. Yeah. If you if you cut off the line, he's changing direction. Yeah. First step. And it's simple. Usually it's like one dribble pull up. Boom. And Change lot, direction. One dribble pull up. But if you break up. a lot of high level NBA players, they don't get like yeah. that's a lot of their game. That's what you they know? do. Like, of course they have the, the every every phenomenal player is gonna have a highlight. They're gonna yeah. have some like, oh damn, that was amazing. But they don't understand majority of ma- the bulk of what they're doing. Consistency. It's very, very simplistic stuff. You know exactly. what I mean? But they master it. Yes. And they master it and they do it over and over and over again. And I think what Phil Handy like, man, he blessed me with the opportunity to go when he was in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. I flew out there. Yeah. I spent like a week and a half, two weeks with him. I shadowed him every day. I'm in the court helping him rebound for guys, helping him yeah. train guys. He's so you break- got to be around those pro athletes. Yeah, man. Those guys. He's yeah. breaking down his philosophy to me, yeah. the way he thinks about the game, the way he approaches the game, mm-hmm. the way he builds a skill set step by step. Like, literally, you have to build someone's skill set step by step. Mm-hmm. You isolate every skill and perfect it. And okay. then you can stack, right? So what I mean by that is, let me come up with an example. Like, I might just work on basic change the direction between the legs. Yeah. Why base? Change. Boom. Now I might work on the counter. Pop, pop. Yeah. Now I might work on the counter and add another change. Right. Sidestep. Like, okay. but, but, but we're like stacking the skills. But I want to do. On, on the foundation but first. I won't, exactly. But I won't move on to the next progression until we master this this first step. Yep. Of everything we do. Yep. And a lot of times people, when they train, they, they, they do this, but then they skip four steps and they yeah. do this. And there's no progression. There's no. And it's also like, that's how you teach people how to play too. Yeah. You yeah. got everything's got to be a progression. Yeah. And it's got to be based on concept and decision making. Right. Why are you doing this? And that and that's a big you know I'm saying? big teller right there like I tell um kids and even parents I say listen if you're not going to be coached by me or trained by me that's fine. But make sure if you're doing something and you're you're asking your trainer like, well, why is he doing this or she doing this? Or you ask the coach, why do you want them doing it? Make sure they have an answer. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because there has to be a purpose on why you're doing the things you're doing. You know right. what I mean? Doesn't necessarily mean you have to understand it all, but if there's really just something that's confusing you, typically you should be comfortable enough 
with the to person ask. to ask. You know what I mean? Or even tell the player and, to ask. And, I, and even with me, I've had players ask me, like, I don't understand why we're doing this. Yeah. And then, it, but it may, it challenges the coach. Yes. Like, okay, this is why we're doing it. This is how it translates. Mm-hmm. Like, in everything I do, I could tell you why. Yeah. Like, I remember the other day, it was like a kid, and we were doing, like, simple stuff. Like, yeah. we did between the legs, one dribble pull-up inside Yeah, foot, I do a right, lot of stuff like right that. Right, left. Yeah. It was just like between the legs, one yeah. dribble pull-up. But then the kid kept going between the legs, mm-hmm. and, but he wouldn't take another dribble. He would go between the legs and go and right, just, left, but he wouldn't take another dribble. And I'll be like, yo, I want you to take the dribble. You'd be like, why do I need the dribble? I could just go right here. Mm-hmm. So I said, like, okay, you don't need the dribble, but the reason why I want you to take that dribble is because, number one, that heart, that pound is going to give you momentum to your shot, right? We all heard yeah, that. You take yeah. that pound, you get it to your pocket. Right. Number two, now it opens up more options. Like, if I take that dribble, now maybe someone comes and closes the space. I, I still have back. another dribble. Yeah. I could change again. Right. But if I pick it up, now I'm stuck. I yeah. don't have another option. I, I have one option. Yeah. So like I said, my philosophy on training is always about making sure that we have multiple options in every situation, right? So now, like, boom, I might need to take a second dribble to get yeah. a little more space, or I might need to change direction. But you gave them a reason. Exactly. And it's that's a very simple example. Yeah. But that's, like, right there. Now they start understanding the game, too. Like, because that's simple. Yeah. But that makes a big difference. Because, like, you know, in a game, we're doing one dribble pull-ups, two dribble pull-ups. Mm-hmm. And having the habit of taking that dribble versus not taking that dribble could be the difference in getting buckets and not getting buckets. 100%. Even at the highest level. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? I mean, what – well, with Phil, and it's just my last name, with that one, and, um, like, what, is it just his presence is why you think he has such a great buy-in? And I mean, obviously, he's an OG, and there's always a respect with, like, Rico Hines and him and the OGs of the game and stuff. But, but do you, I, I just feel like, and again, I'm just asking you because you have a close relationship, but this is just from an outsider's perspective, but I just feel like he's so respected amongst everybody and i don't think it's just because he's a good trainer i just think he has a presence about himself is, is that something you've seen he has a great presence about himself yeah he's very confident he knows exactly what he's doing okay and i also think that he is so authentic okay like super authentic yeah and i think that what i mean by that is like he's always going to be himself yeah and he don't care who you are yeah we all just human right so, like, he tells this story on a podcast before, but he told he actually told me this a long time ago in person, <laughs> yeah. but I heard him say it on a podcast, yeah. too. But he said, uh, you know, the first time he was working with, or he worked with Kobe. Oh, yeah, he said it on well, um, well, the first, all the smoke. Yeah, oh, but, before but, he went yeah. to a practice, and I guess Kobe was getting upset because they had Phil Reffin. Yeah. And Ref went and make the foul call on Kobe. So then um, I guess Kobe was yelling at him, cussing him out, whatever, getting pissed <laughs> off. And then Phil walked away, and then Kobe threw the ball at the back. I don't know if it was the back of his head or oh, at his shit. back. So then Phil was like, because most people are scared to say nothing. To yeah, like the Kobe and LeBron, yeah, yeah, yeah. they scared They're the to face say something. Of the hey, and all that. If yeah, LeBron yeah, said he don't like you, bye yeah, bye. Exactly, <laughs> like, exactly. You know what I'm saying? So, so it's like, but Phil walked straight up to Kobe. He's like, bro, I'm from Oakland, bro. You don't know where I'm yeah, from. Yeah. I don't give a damn who you are. <laughs> like we would thought, like he went in on. Like, I love that. So Kobe, but after that. Kobe sure had the respect. utmost respect yeah, for him. Yeah, like, absolutely. all right, it's a real dude. Like, yeah. and that's and the guys like that that are real dogs. Yeah, they respect dogs. I agree. They respect guys that are going to that ain't scared of nobody. I agree. That will stand up for themselves. That's that's going. So now, like Phil Henney, like if you, I don't know if you watch this, but there's been several times where Phil Henney's in the huddle screaming at LeBron, 
Cussing no, I haven't out. seen that, but I'm, like, I wouldn't I've be seen, surprised. But no one else will do. Yeah, Even yeah. the head coach wouldn't talk to LeBron. No, nah, of like course that, not. But Phil Handy don't give a damn because like LeBron, like he'll get mad. Like this dude ain't like like talking shit yeah, about yeah. like you know LeBron. Yeah, like, we course. love LeBron. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, but we know how he is. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like I've seen like one time I remember it, when they were in Cleveland, he was like going in uh, <laughs> on his teammate. Saying like, man, this dude, he don't, he don't box out. I don't know what it was, but right, something right. like that. Like talking about his teammate wasn't doing something. Yeah. And LeBron and Phil Hamm was like, nah, man, it starts with you, bro. Yeah. You the main one out here crying and shit, like going in <laughs> on him. That's good though. And it's like you supposed to be the leader. It starts with you. Yeah. But that's but LeBron has the utmost respect for Phil. Well, because you can LeBron see their relationship. That. You can see their relationship is every player needs that. Goes. I don't yeah. care how good you are. Yeah. You need that. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because no? I, I don't think enough um, emphasis is put on that that. You know, I, I've always hated hearing, like, um, you know, high-level athletes can't be coached or high-level athletes. They want to be you, coached. You know, they the, don't. The best of the yeah. best want to be coached yeah. and want to learn and want to get better. Yeah, like, that's. You know what I'm saying? I, there there was a saying I heard. I was probably going to make an Instagram post with it or whatever, but it, it was it was really cool. It said, um, said uh, uh, average players want to be left alone. Right. Uh, good players want to be coached. Great players want the truth. Facts. You know okay. what I mean? I, like, I remember. I remember. I remember where I read that, but I just thought that was so cool. Like, and I remember as a player, I remember my coach told me the truth one time, and in the moment I was mad. My man. <laughs> like I remember it was like three games into the season. Yeah. And I don't know what it was, but defensively, I was just like out of it. Yeah. And I was and I wasn't playing well on defense. I was yeah. like late to rotation. Yeah, yeah. But. I didn't really fully realize it because I was getting buckets. I was like, I'm playing good with you. Yeah, right, right. And my coach was like, Nah, you need it. You ain't playing hard, bro. And I'm about to put you on the bench. He showed me film, and then you know they have synergy advanced stats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's like this stat that was like, it's like a advanced stat. I don't know what it's called, but it's like when you're the player that you're guarding takes the shot, like mm -hmm. you're contesting their shot. Yeah, it's like a point. It's like a percentage of points per possession on oh, like, shit. when you finish. Yeah, I was dead last on the team. <laughs> he was like, "Look at this." That's what I'm talking about. And that's tough to. That's a so tough you, to that swallow. That means that you're late on the rotation, so yeah. guys are getting open shots, or or you're getting beat on closeouts, and they're getting to the, whatever the case may be. Yeah, and it's it's this is why the stat is happening. So then, I, but then I was pissed at first, but then I was like, "All right, for sure." And literally, by uh, at the end of the season, I was mm -hmm. the number one on the team See, on that same exact stat because you took it. You yeah. you took the information, yeah, and I locked a, in on the exactly. defense. I was like, hell, I was like, niggas ain't scoring on me for real, man. No that's, more, that's, bro. Like you know, and that's that's what I tell with these fucking kids. I'm like, man, y'all, where's your pride on defense? Because I'm a defensive coach. Everyone who's played for me will attest to that. I'm a I'm a defense of guy, right? Before we work on offense, right? And right. and me too. You know, I, gotta I, be. Yeah, and that comes from like, because that's what got me. A spot, you know what I mean? The ability to lock somebody up, the ability to guard multiple positions. I could guard a post guy, I can guard a guard, I guarded guards way quicker than myself. I've guarded bigs as tall as seven foot. You know what right. I mean? I've guarded seven footers because I just understand angles and how to move and things like that. And I try to tell these kids, like, right, like in this day and age in basketball, they are 
on a witch hunt to find kids like you that want to play defense. Yes, you have to have some offensive skill set. Let me make that clear so people aren't confused. Like, oh, all you can do is play defense and get a spot. Fuck no. You got to be able to make a layup. You got to be able to hit an open shot. shot. Like, you got to have some. They can't play four on five on. And you got to have IQ where you know how to make the right pass. And the ball doesn't die with you. But but you, But if you take pride, that's all I say. If you take pride in the defensive side, like, okay, you get scored on. Okay, cool. Learn from that. Learn that, okay, this guy likes this spot. To try your best to not let that guy get there again. Like, if you're showing that type of effort, that type of IQ, that type of poise. That's what's co- missing. Yeah. With a lot of kids. Yeah. Is the competitive nature, man. Mm-hmm. Everybody's buddy-buddy. I don't like that buddy, shit. Buddy, but that's just, I don't they, know, that's maybe an old school Also, me. it's like, I mean, I know you old. You old, G. Yeah, I am. I'm like, you're fuck not that, you. <laughs> you're not that old. <laughs> but... I know even in your day, especially yeah. in Oakland, yeah. y'all was on the playground playing with grown men getting yeah. your ass whooped. Yeah, for and real. It's like if you lose, you sitting down for yeah. a minute. For real. So like that type of grit, yeah. like they don't have that no more. Nah. Like where it's like, nah, bro, we gonna fucking win. I don't care yeah, what it yeah. takes. I'm for fucking real. Dying for real. I'm foul. I don't care. Like, like that dog. Like even me when I grew up playing, like that's I played. You know, parks. I played yeah, at yeah. twenty four with grown yeah, men. Yeah, yeah. And you know, dudes is throwing elbows, yeah. fouling, you talking shit. And it built for me, like, man, there's 20 people waiting. If I lose, I'm probably have to go home. For real. So it's like, I ain't losing, bro. Right. I don't care what it takes. I ain't losing. I'm going to bust your ass. I'm going to do what I have to do. But the man. kids, they all, the only time they hoop now is in a tournament or in a, a training. Controlled environments. That's it. And it's like, there's never in that environment where it's like, ain't nobody there to hold your hand. Your parents ain't there to get, oh, it's okay, little, but, nah, little Tommy. That coach should have played. No. That's why when we do scrimmages. You either lose the win or you lose. That's why, like, <laughs> even, like, when I would bring my team and we would scrimmage your, um, they were, yeah, your eighth yeah. grade now with all yeah. that. That's why I let that shit get kind of out of hand. Yeah. Like, you know, where I'm not calling some fouls yeah, and I'm kind of yeah. letting kids get fucked up a little bit. Because I'm yeah. like, this is the only way y'all going to experience it. I got to get tough. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I let, like, I'm like, they, they, coach, shut up. Like, there ain't no foul. <laughs> you seen how I, I just, like, shut up. Keep playing. Like, yeah. it is what it is. Keep fighting. Like, that the kids got to learn some resiliency and 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 you know yeah you, you, okay let me make it clear like if you guys are looking at the NBA the NBA is more offensive offensively centric meaning you know yeah the offensive defense you can't touch the players as much can't you, you but you guys got to understand even though NBA is basketball, it's still a business. It's NBA, an entity. They want more points to score tickets. That's exactly. It, like y'all got to understand that. But college isn't that. College isn't that. College it's is intense. And you and that's what I'm trying to get the kids to remember. You're if you're in high school, you're still trying to get to the collegiate level. But that being said, even at in the NBA level, you have to be a great defender because yeah, even the great defenders do my job dub. But now a bad defender, they drop a seven. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, because everybody too skilled. Like bro, it's ridiculous. Everybody and, too and skilled. In the NBA, it's honestly. Harder because there's you're more so on an island. Yeah. Because you have to you can't be a, zone. <laughs> yeah, and you can't you have to play all the way. Yeah. You can't play defense on the help line. You gotta no. be outside the key. Yeah, you do. So you so like the guy guarding the ball or guarding the action, like the ball screen or whatever, you are pretty much is is you're on your own more, you. way more. Yeah. Where in college it's like dudes are sitting right there on the help line. That's yeah. why I like dudes that get a lot of dunks in college, I'm impressed. Yeah. Like in the half in the half court, right? Because there's always somebody Cause they there. right there, bro. 
Like, <laughs> they I'll don't tell know. you what, my senior year, I never was like a super bouncy guy, yeah, but I yeah, probably yeah. had like twelve dunks my senior year. Like, that's probably... I had like I had like two dunks my whole college career. <laughs> both on a, you know, I had I had two and a half court, two yeah. and a fast break. Okay, fair and, enough. And you know, and I'll take those. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was but, like, you got them. Fuck uh, it. And, and, and one of my only dunks was on my highlight tape. I know you seen <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> hey, it don't matter. Hey, you got one. You got me, one. It made it look like I had more bounce. Man. I'll take it. <laughs> But but yeah, man. Like in college, like it's a different game, yeah. and that's why like certain players translate better to like different levels. Like mm-hmm. there's certain guys that do well in the NBA, yeah, but may not even be as translatable to like overseas in certain leagues, yeah, because the game is different. Like the NBA is like athleticism, mm-hmm. length, open court, yeah, like that is you know you have more benefit. Whereas, like, that's why, like, a guy like Jimmer Fredette was mm-hmm. such a great college player, yeah. but his game didn't really trans- didn't translate. He's a great player yeah, in general. absolutely. But He's dropping, like, 90 a fucking game yeah. overseas. But, but he, his game doesn't translate to the NBA mm-hmm. because of, the, like, the type of athlete he is. Right? Yeah. Because it's just a different game. And that's and that's what I try to tell the parents and the kids when they're looking at it. I mean, um, well, you mentioned in Synergy um, – Got me thinking of that too, that because that was that was a, one of the last things I wanted us to talk about is, so, so in case you guys are listening and and you know I know I have some some recurring uh, support where you guys listen and you you learn from my podcast. So let me tell you guys about Synergy real quick. Um, Synergy is basically the the algorithm that all of college and I think that yeah pros, the pros NBA, use it every yeah they all use it. it yeah. Um, let me make it clear. None of you will be able to get it unless you're filthy rich, because yeah. I think the subscription is like $10,000 a year or some crazy shit like that. Yeah. So obviously colleges have access to it because, you know, they got, the they got the budget. Right. And they need the information. Quite honestly, they need it. And um, but me uh, uh, shout out again to Coach Brandon, um, Brandon Barnes at Bakersfield. Me, uh, we were, you know, on the phone and just talking. And we And he looked it up and we we're just looking at some things. So. You know, I was talking about players about this, and I think more of you guys need to understand this. So we were we we looked up the Detroit Pistons and the Boston Celtics because at that time, you know, Detroit Pistons the worst team, Boston Celtics the best team. We said let's look up the percentages on how they score, right? Or all these teams score, right? Because again, most of these kids don't get. I'm probably I'm probably gonna do a video about this, talking about you know, I'm using the analogy of a hundred possessions, but kids don't quite understand. They, they get swept up in the high school highlights and think that's how scoring's done in college, and it's not. And we looked at it all the way at the professional level. So what we found was for the Detroit Pistons, 27% of their scoring came from catch and shoot. The other, I think like 25 to 32% came from fast breaks. The, the other 20% or 25% came from pick and roll and 7% came from ISO situations. And this, again, this is Detroit. This is the worst team. So then we said, okay, let's look at the best team, right? Look at Boston, right? They obviously got some superstars and Tatum and whatnot. So you would think, oh, Tatum's getting ISO. ISO. Like, Not really. Though. No, he's not. So, again, it was like 30%. And, again, I'm just rough guessing. But it was 30% was catch and shoot. Uh 18% was fast breaks. Um, it was another like 30, 32% was um, pick and rolls. Mm-hmm. And only 2.6% was ISO. ISO. Right. 
And, that, and and you would think, like, wait, they got Tatum and he's doing all these things. They just don't get it. Like, it's not what you guys think. Yep. And I try to tell the kids this and, and you know. But they see the highlight of the one or two times he yes. did go ISO. Yeah. But really, in the league now, too, if you really watch an NBA game. Yeah. Every, like, 99% of is out of action. Yes. So, they it's an action that break that cre- creates a rotation or an mm-hmm. advantage. Right, and then the ball you have to make the right read. Yeah, How, where are they helping from? And a lot of times in the NBA, you can anticipate where the help is going to come on come from based on who you are and who you're playing with because you know how this team covers certain things based on the personnel, right? Yeah. So you already watch film, or you should if you're prepared. Yeah, yeah. You already watch film, like okay, when Jason Tatum and whoever the big is, uh, what's the big's name? Uh, Horford. Yeah, when yeah, they're, well, let's yeah. say Jason Tatum and Horford are in a pick-and-roll situation. Yeah. You know how they're going to guard it. And a lot of these defenses are playing drop or whatever, right, icing right. the sideline, yeah. right? Yeah. So you know how they're going to cover it. You know, A, on the other side, they're going to rotate to this guy because he's a better shooter. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of anticipate where the backside help is going to come from. So you yeah. kind of know in your head, okay, most likely this is what I'm looking for. Right. But if he does this, then I can make this read. Exactly. So you're kind of more prepared, right? And now they create the rotation, and now, okay, now we're playing advantage, closeout situation, catch and shoot, yeah, or whatever the case may be. yeah. And that's how majority of your points are scored So in, in college as well. yeah. So now, or you're coming off pin, whatever the case may be, whatever right. type of split action. And so now these kids, they they don't know how to play that style of play at all. Right. And they don't know how to go or how to make reads out of actions. And, and again, and then they're, they're they don't know how to, they're not gonna their game doesn't won't translate to the next level. And, and that's, that's why they're not. And that's recruited. where I blame where that's where I say some of the blame is on this AAU culture because again we the, you know if you're the if you're the heavy on the recruiting side where you're just recruiting the best players and you're yeah. just basically out you're you're, you're you know, you got the whole backs, you got all the athletes that you're just bigger, stronger, and faster than your opponent. Right. Yeah, you're 70, I would say 90% win. of the time you're going to win, especially on the youth level because, like we talked about before the show, you guys can't stop discrediting age is not a factor. I, I, I understand and I accept that reclassing is just a part of this culture, which I don't really have a problem with, but I ch- I hate the opposite argument where they say, so what? They all hoopers. Shut the fuck up. You know if this kid is 15 years old going against this kid 13. that's 13, he, <laughs> he has, has a distinct advantage, yeah. and it's okay. I'm going to tell my kid, deal with it. Yeah, he's yeah. got an advantage. You got to deal with it. That's like if I'm guarding a guy who's fucking 6'10 and I'm 6'5, hey, that's what it is. To me, I don't even mind it because, like like I said, like I have my kid. Some of our kids are younger, like yeah. on our 8th grade team. Like, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, Baker, Braxton, yeah, Braxton some talented yeah, 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 yeah. kids. They're in 7th grade playing yeah. on our elite 8th grade team. Right. And starting, like, yeah. and Baker, man, he be dropping 30 balls on the 8th yeah. graders that are sometimes 2 or 3 years older than him. It is what it and, is. And, and for me, great because this is making him better. Yes. But for the guys that are doing that, like, I just don't understand why they, they do it be, again because the coach and the program wants to win. Yeah. But and the clout. But is not what's better for the kid. That no. kid, like, they're, they're, I'm not going to say the team, but right. there's an eighth grade kid that's six foot nine and skilled. He's, we playing against him. He's six nine in eighth grade. Yeah. Our biggest player is like six three, maybe. Right. And he's shooting turnaround, fadeaway jump shots, <laughs> handling the ball, getting to the right. Ra- like, he should be playing 17. Yeah. 
Like he should be finding open runs and just playing against. Yeah, man. like or he shouldn't be in eighth grade. Right, exactly. <laughs> like he should be in high school right now playing right. varsity. Right, right. And that would be the best thing for his development. But yeah. instead, you hold him back to play against eighth graders and be the best eighth grader in the nation or one of the best eighth graders in the nation and get the clout, which is cool. But like at the end of the day, it all evens out. It does. And I and I and I you know and, I, and I'm gonna say this and I put it on record out there because I've said it numerous times. Some of you tournaments just need to make a, a reclass division. That's just my opinion. You need to make a reclass division so all those teams that are, you know, have a heavy amount of reclass kids can all play each other. And and then and then we get the overall objective, which should be the development. Because if you have all those kids going against each other, and they're you know battling it out and making each other better you're getting your objective and fine, yeah, yeah and it's and and it's it's a fair playing field as opposed to let's say if you have you know most of the teams that are typically the right age kids and maybe you have one reclass or whatever like i, I think on, on my on my eighth grade i got one reclass it's like okay cool that that's fine like but when i'm going against eight or nine of them but it's the just other too thing hard too is that i'm not even against a reclass because for some kids it makes sense yeah absolutely like some kids yeah. that are maybe developing slowly yeah there's kids, actually, this is something that was brought to my attention recently. Mm-hmm. There's some kids that are born prematurely. Yeah. So, really, their physical age isn't the same as their as, birth age. As their birth age, yep. So, Very like, true. now, these kids are physically less developed. So, maybe that being held back is going to give them a better chance. Yeah. But when you're already the kid that's bigger, stronger, faster than everybody, why, why, are, you, why are you waiting on? Why are you going to hold back? Because to me, all, <laughs> you know? all you're doing is taking away high school years yeah. from yourself, which exactly. are very valuable years that you need, right? Yeah. So, parents, again, you, you got to use your discernment. You got to use your best judgment. You're listening to guys who are heavy in this game. And, and we're not saying reclassing is wrong or reclassing is right. We're just saying you do have to gauge your individual situation and do what's best for you right 100 like and that, do it for the right reasons yes yes that's the thing right there like the the you, know? you guys got to understand this is a numbers game and i always i'm big on this and i i think i did a whole video on this just to explain the numbers but the if you want to be good at this game and you want to play it at its highest levels and i'm and when i mean it's high let me make it clear. What I'm describing as highest levels, I mean varsity, be a high-level varsity high school athlete with the chance, the chance to play, to play college. college at any level. You have to understand the numbers are against you. They just are. You know what I mean? You're, you, you, that's why if you, if you guys from the outside can't understand why there's like an unspoken respect amongst guys who've played collegially – it don't matter if it's a JC guy all the way to an NBA guy. There's kind of an an unspoken mutual understanding that we were able to be in something that others weren't. You know what I mean? Now, of course, there's levels to this shit. Like, you know, uh, uh, two D1 guys might have a different mutual respect than, let's say, you know, two NAI guys, right? But there's an understanding that we're the very small percentage that got a chance to do this at any level, right? We know – at some point, we had to work out all the time. At some point, we had to wake up for weights. At some point, we had to keep our grades right. At some point, we were broke as shit and hungry mm. and figuring it out. At some point, there's just all those top ramen days. Yeah, huh? You know what I mean? Like that's why I love that. Um, when Deshaun and and them did that, uh, the Netflix show, you know, um, yeah, yeah. showing what JUCO levels Man. like. Cause it brought a lot of memories back for me. You know, I was like, fuck, like that was me at Sac City, right? Yeah. So it's like they don't know. 
they don't understand that that's where that respect comes from. So you guys understand, like, that's why, you know, we can kind of tell the guys who really played and maybe did some stuff and, and the guys who don't. Like, whether they say it or not, we just we just have an understanding there because we know the, 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 the struggle we've been through. So, but kids, you got to remember, and parents, the numbers are not on your side. Right. They're just they're just not. And the fur and the thing is, if you can accept that, and accept the challenge of it, then you're you're starting mentally in the right spot. And I think sometimes in our business, because parents pay, they think what they're actually paying for is the spot. You know what I mean? They, because they that's that's what makes our job hard is trying to give kids the real and and help them be able to understand and learn the things that are are going to help them actually reach their goals yep. but at the same time we have customers that feel entitled to playing time or feel entitled to certain things because they pay yeah and it's like well, what are you really paying for? Are you paying for playing time or are you paying for someone to actually help your kid get to where they want to go? I always try to tell them you're paying no. for a high-level basketball experience. Exactly. That's what you're paying for. Exactly. And at the highest level, you can get cut. At the highest level, your ass can sit the bench. That's what's going <laughs> you're like, you gotta earn, And this is the thing that, that like, because of my experience, too, like, yeah. like, I always was. If I'm being honest, man, like, I feel like even in high school, I was under-recruited. Mm-hmm. I was getting some interest. Like the biggest schools I had interest from was Iowa State and okay. St. Mary's. Yeah, but they never offered. Right, right. But I feel like you know, you know how it is in SAC. Yeah, it's a little bit overlooked market. Yeah. Like, in terms of recruiting, because you're kind of competing with the Bay and the all that type LA. of stuff. Yeah, yeah it's just yeah, like yeah. there's not as much eyes here. Right. And at the time, I didn't really understand that. Yeah. I feel like I I probably could have played at a higher level based on what I did in AAU and even in high school, you know, mm-hmm. leading our team deep to the playoffs, playing against some of those guys that had high level offers yeah. and, and honestly getting the best of them. You right. Know? Um, and I think that, you know, doing that, it just made, it, it just makes it hard for us. Yeah. And I just lost my whole train of thought. No, <laughs> we're taking, Stupid. We're talking. We're talking about parents think when they pay for that basketball oh, so, experience. So what, you know what, what I, mean? I what I was saying is that it's super important that people like I've always had to earn it. Yeah, and I think it's super important for kids to learn the process of earning it, mm-hmm. what that looks like, and what it takes. Yeah, to earn it, earn your way. Yep, and that's one of the biggest things too that we talk about life skills that translates beyond basketball. Because no matter what you do, you got to earn it. Yeah. So when things aren't going your way, how do you respond? 100%. Are you going to, is it like, and we all had to learn this because the easiest thing to do is what? Point the finger at something else, at the reason why you're not where you want to be or you're not getting what you want to get. Or quit. Or quit. It's your coach's fault. It's my teammates don't like me. It's whatever the case may be. Or even like, you know, and some people, some of us come from, worse backgrounds than others yeah and unfortunately it's easy to have victim mentality yeah oh well i i I don't have those resources i don't man i don't have but it's like okay well i get that and that's maybe true right at the end of the day everyone has a decision man are you gonna let it defeat you are you gonna i tell these kids i didn't know what a fucking gun was a shooting machine till i got to college man for real (laughs) and that's what i'm saying like and, you know, I, I don't always like to speak on it, but at the same time, it's like, 
everybody has to make a decision on whether or not they're going to let their circumstances define who they become. Yeah. And everybody has different circumstances. Everybody has, some people have more privileges. I have more privileges than probably you had yeah, growing up. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. And everyone has a different levels of their privilege or their background, whatever the case is. That's what you be. do with it, though. Exactly. And, and, and no matter where you come from, you have, you have the ability to have work ethic and you have the ability to make something of yourself if you decide that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that's just something that, that you know i think is important learning that process learning how to earn it and learning that shit ain't gonna be given to you no and that's the thing that a lot of times people get in situations and and i've had kids that i've dealt with that are really talented Mm -hmm. in their entire life everything was given to them like we talked about earlier yeah and when they got to that level they didn't know how to earn it they folded yeah and it was all mental right talent was there yeah all mental right because we because we've gotten to again we're in a climate where you know everybody gets a ribbon right uh every you you get a everyone gets a trophy everyone fucking feels good right and so that's why i think you know that's why i say with me i'm i'm a you know love me or hate me coach right you know like some people will really be like you know some people you talk to like man chris love that guy love this passion he he's gay has that old school grit. You know, I teach the game the way it's played and the new style of play, but I you know, I still have my old school mentality in terms right. of like you gotta work hard, you gotta dive on the ground, you gotta, you know, have a, a chip on your shoulder, you gotta have a, a, a I tell him I tell him a healthy a healthy level of hate for your opponent. Not that you wanna see this person hurt or you wanna yeah. see but you gotta look at them like you're the guy preventing me from what I want. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? I'm gonna beat you. Yeah, I'm gonna be I'm gonna like, do what it takes. Like, bro. Like I, it, I'm telling you, it's hard for me in this culture. I, well, I'll say the most difficult for me in this culture is when, um, I played my eighth grade played against uh, uh, Ava, and and we lost, and we lost by six or whatever. And my eighth grade, you know, like a couple of the players are friends with some of those guys because you know they they go to the same middle school or whatever and things like that. And so after they just beat us, they hanging out. They they yeah, you know they shaking hands, <laughs> hanging out, and it's hot. like and it's like I'm looking at it. I'm like, How the fuck are y'all just cool with them just Man. beating you and just, it's like because I've I've got I don't know about you, but I've got, even some of my closest friends who are hoopers to this day and I yeah, love them to death. Like we've gotten me damn near to blows because hey, and me and Amir Amir yeah, would tell you yeah. that me and Amir have. Thrown hands one time, <laughs> right. and we bet we bored. Right, you know what we I mean. Up hooping, but it's like, but also we respect each other more yes. because of it. Yeah, because we know, like, okay, and me and iron sharpens iron. Yes, we 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 used to work out together every day, play ones, foul each other, talk like it was like that. Like, yeah. but, but afterwards we could be cool. Right, but maybe like two hours after, it might take two hours before I, you know, I ain't talking to you. Right, you know what I mean? Like again, that's what I'm saying. I could go, you know, like in my practices, we have our scrimmages. It gets super fucking competitive. Yeah. Like guys are, it, this is you know, I got plenty of wild stories. And I'm getting all of it, but I'm just saying it got super competitive. And then you get, and then of course you get in the locker room and you're like, hey man, let's go eat. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. but it's. That's but even still, different. I'm still talking shit. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I just, I, it's different, bro, bro. Like you might have got me today, but tomorrow I'm busting your yeah, ass. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's like, all yeah, exactly. And I just for real, I don't know. And maybe like I said, yeah. maybe I'm just getting old, man. I just, I, I, I tell, I told the boys after that. I said, man, how can y'all just be comfortable after losing like this? 
you know, in a very, in my opinion, a winnable game, and and you guys just underperform. You just you you let them physically dominate you. Like you know, like why? How are you just okay with this? Literally two minutes later, and just like laughing yeah. about it, you know, and that and that's that's a me thing, right? That's a, thing, a transition thing. I guess I got to get over a little bit, but. If, if there's any advice I can give you kids out there, if you for the ones who listen to my show or check it out on YouTube, you got to find a competitive edge. You got to have a right. little bit of healthy hate. I say that's why I, I just use the term healthy hate because, um, you know, you, I don't want no kid out there looking to hurt anybody or anything like that. But I but you do got to start looking at your opponents, even if they're your friends. Like I, I have to win. I and not it. I, I always say this on my show, especially when I, like when I had Sean Chambers and DT and all those guys, I tell them like guys like us who have that competitive edge, you know, Kevin Garnett said, he said something wrong with us. We're not normal people. We're not normal people. At the end of the day, you're, you can't accomplish or do what you want in this game. You can't be extraordinary. Yeah, being ordinary. you can't. And I, that's what it's I try to crazy. tell him. So I said, it starts up here. You, you do have to have something mentally off where like, you lose, it makes you not, it makes you angry. Like it just yeah. makes you frustrated. I said, I have it to this day, even when I'm coaching, even when I'm playing in open runs. And I'm yeah, like, like, you know, the you kids can't. now, they be cool with losing. Like, yeah. I, I'm like, I told the kids the other day, I'm like, man, if I'm, if I, if I miss the game winning shot, I'm hot, I'm going right to the gym. Yeah. I'm going, I'm like, man, I missed the game winning shot. I'm about to go put 500 up. That shit is not happening again. Yeah, exactly. But now they if just. If I felt tired in a game and we lost because I, I felt tired in the overtime, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to run. But now it's kind of like what I'm we lose and whatever. That's eh, cool. I'm pizza. gonna go, you know, get on my phone and you know make a damn TikTok video or something. Like I'm like, I'm I remember on, every if I had a bad game in college, man, I put my shoes back on. I'm going back on the court after the game and right. put some work in because I'm so pissed. Like that's just like, but it's it's like. It's just a and no one had to tell me to do that. Like, yeah. I was just so mad. I'm like, nah. Like what I will say, what this. I will say is in the in this no. day and age, you could still see the people that are like that, even nah, in the NBA. Sure. Like Gian, sure. Giannis Antetokounmpo is one I think is you could tell losing tortures right. him. Like you know right. what I mean. Like he, of course, you, he manages it well, but you could tell like he just he doesn't like that. So there are people still out there like that. Just there so you understand, like but it's a, but it's just like. You're not gonna make it to that highest level if you don't if you don't have that competitor in you. Like you gotta be a dog. Like you gotta be a competitor. Like everything, and that's why they say Michael Jordan competitive on everything. Like yeah. you're playing a car game, you really cuss <laughs> out. Like it don't matter, right? Like because said, it's different. You're not normal. Well, I'm having you as a guest, and now you know I just want you if you have any uh, last words or any shout outs or. Anything you want to say to the general public, you know, this this would be the time. And then, um, yeah, we'll wrap it up and get out of here. Man, well, first and foremost, I appreciate you, you know. <laughs> no problem, Having man. me on the show and also just, you know, getting to know you better and seeing everything that you're doing. Like you said, man, it's just a lot of respect coming from my way. Appreciate that, bro. And, Big time. you know, shit, just keep doing what you're doing. Keep grinding and I'm gonna try, shit, man. when the opportunity arises for us to work together again, we're gonna do it. We're I appreciate stuff that. Happen. Yeah. And again, I just appreciate you. I appreciate, you know, all the families and everyone that's ever believed in what we're doing and has decided to invest in their kids and support our program. Mm -hmm. Right? Because 
I think that's huge, you know. What we do wouldn't be possible without the trust of the parents and the support of the families that support our programs. Yeah. And also the the players, you know, mm -hmm. even some of the older guys. Yep. Um, so, you know, shout out to all of the families and all the people that support what we do, YBA, as well as Touch Junior. Yep. And, you know, man, we just really appreciate it. I know you do as well. Yeah. And... I try to express that as much as I can, right? No doubt, no doubt. And, you know, I also just appreciate my mentors. I have a guy, of course, Phil Handy. I appreciate, you know, one of my other mentors who I got a sports psychology certification with, Ken Baum. Mm -hmm. He's a big reason why I had a lot of success as a player, working mm -hmm. on the mental side of things. Yeah. Which, by the way, to everybody out there, we're developing a mental skills curriculum right now, so that so stay tuned for that because you know as you know the game is ninety percent mental. Yes, and I think that's a big missing piece in a lot of training and coaching is that not just mental skills but mental health. Yeah, and making sure that the the kids are mentally in a good space because you can't really commit to being great if your mindset is messed up or your mental health is, it ain't right. Yeah. Or you're depressed or whatever the case may be, whatever you may be dealing with, it's hard to be, to be at a high level of anything when mm -hmm. you're not aligned. Right. Yep. So I think that that's a huge thing and we're, we're working on building, building stuff like that to support our athletes with that. Um, and man, I just, some of my guys, I really just appreciate them trusting me, like Jonathan Williams, who's now on a two-way with the Houston Rockets, man. He trusted me to do his pre-draft, and, man, we was in the gym grinding. Yeah. We was in the lab five times a day. Right. Getting to work and, you know, saw great strides, great improvement from him. He's having a lot of success being an underdog, trying to get to the league, worked his way into a two-way playing really well, just dropped 27 the other yeah. day in the G League. Nice. Been with – the Houston playing well. I he sometimes he'll play like five minutes, but every time he plays, he does well. Yeah, he'll have yeah, five minutes, matters. four points, four rebounds. He's like, the, he's there. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he's so there. He just needs an opportunity. Like he could play. Yeah. Um, and just some, a lot of other guys, man, that we got that's having a lot of success. And I just love to see these kids develop that work ethic and see the process. Yeah. And then see where they are now is just like amazing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And even some of the kids that we coach at Prolific and GSP, like kids that, like Darion Tremel, mm -hmm. he has zero offers. I, I kid you not when I say I talk to over 100 coaches. <laughs> Every coach said the same thing. What? Uh, we love him, but he's just too small. He's 5'9". Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Same story I get with yeah. Kevin Hopp. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Love him, but size. But he's though. a great player. Yeah. like him, but, you know, our coach likes bigger guards. Okay. But guess what? Darion Tramiel has now led San Diego State to the national championship game last year, and now they're top 25 again this year. There you and go. He's starting point guard at 5'9". There you go. So for me, I'm always like, man, I don't care how big you are. If you for can real. dog and you, can, you hoop, can play, it don't matter. Yeah. But, you know, when you're small and seeing guys be able to go through that, you know, those types of adversities and, and being overlooked and still be able to persevere, Yeah. it inspires me. Right. Like, and people don't realize, like, as a trainer and a coach – I learn from the players. Yeah. Just as much as they learn from me, I learn from them. But you take pride. You know what I'm saying? Know, watching them succeed. 
No, for sure. Like, I love to see these guys have success. And especially when I know they earned it. Yeah. Like, man, he deserves it. Because, like, I was getting frustrated for him because I'm like, bro, I watch this kid dominate players that are ranked top 50. Yeah. I watch him, you know, and work every day. We, again, we in the gym every day at 6 a.m. doing skill work. Then we got practice. Then we back in the gym later doing more skill work. Then we in the weight room. Yeah. I see the work ethic. I see the mentality he has. He deserved it. Right. And it was frustrating when no one was giving him, you know, the time of day. Same thing with Kevin. I feel like he deserves the opportunity. But I know he's probably not going to get a D1 offer right now because of the landscape. But like but I said, he can prove I know, himself. Exactly. But I know I know that he could play at that level. Yeah. Because I see him play every day. I see him the way he works. And I see – I see him play against NBA players, and yeah. he's fine. <laughs> like, you know right, what I'm saying? Right, right, right. So, like, I know he could play at that level. But, again, I can't blame a college coach that just doesn't know yeah. he ain't proven it yet. So, I get it. But, you know, but just seeing these guys that maybe are smaller or maybe, you know, kind of are the underdogs and in the long run are able to have success. Like, I know Kevin's going to be successful. He's going to get – eventually going to get an opportunity yeah. to play, you know. And same thing with my other guy, Ben Roseboro, who's kind of had a bad – Bad run of luck and yeah. adversity with. He's finding know, his way though. He is man. He's finding he, his and, way. And God willing, God is he got he was able to commit to San Jose yeah. State. Yeah, which is great. He's working on getting healthy right now. Mm-hmm. And when I tell you that kid has all the talent, you know. Yeah, of course. He I'm hasn't saying. he hasn't played uh, uh, one game of basketball in his junior or senior year of high school and still had several D one offers. Yeah, and the kid is talented. Great kid. I love Ben. That's like my little brother. Yeah. And I wish, you know, he's in a great mental space right now. So I, I just can't wait to see, you know, uh, as he gets healthy, what he's able to accomplish in the coming years. So just seeing, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see some of these younger guys getting their next opportunities. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to see some of the guys that are already kind of doing it. Like, yeah. You know, Coleman, he has a chance yeah, to go yeah, to the Coleman, draft next yeah. year. Yeah, He's killing it at Illinois. Yeah. 6'10", great passer, great shooter. You know, game translates to the league. You know, there's a – I mean, I could go down the list. Yeah, no, 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 no doubt. <laughs> a lot I of mean, guys, but – No, you got, you got plenty of guys I know you could talk about. I mean, again, um, thank you. For coming to the show. Thank you for making this happen. I really appreciate it. And um, for you guys who are listening, if you if you listen to the whole episode, you're a real one. If you listen to pieces of it and get to the end, you're a real one. I appreciate you. And uh, again, uh, hit that like and subscribe. Uh, follow us on IG. All his links will be in the description. Of course, all my links will always be there. Uh, Again, hopefully this is helping you coaches, you trainers, you players, you parents out because that's the goal of this show is to give you free game, free information. As he said, knowledge is power, right? So, you know, keep grinding, keep doing your thing. Again, AAU uh, high school season's around the corner for you guys that are going to sections in state. You know, uh, best of luck to you. Um, I'm hoping to get you guys some more good episodes, some more great guests. Hopefully Ryan comes back, does a part two, a part three, maybe a guest as a co-host. Either way, I still want you a part of this. Let's do it. But um, yeah, anything left or are you good? Good man. Who's next? (laughs) Who's next on the show? Oh, um, I'm trying. I'm trying to get. Oh, uh, Q, Quentin, Quentin Thomas. Thomas. Okay, he's coming. Uh, He's gonna be here.
next Friday. Okay. Yeah. So That's that'll good. be that'll be a really good episode. I get to reminisce with my homie, um, uh, with my little bro. So yeah, please stay tuned for that. Uh, Quentin Thomas played in North Carolina, won a ring with um, um, North Carolina with Tyler Hansbro, I think was his teammate at the time. So go ahead and check that out. Um, other than that, everybody stay safe, stay healthy, and we are out. <laughs>